Welcome to the Angry Wargamer Roundtable Podcast. We are the Angry Angry Wargamer Roundtable. I am Drew. Joining me today is Phil hey. and Lando. What's up? Um, this will be the second episode that we've done and. I think it's been a month or two. And we're more of a triangle right now than a round table. Yeah, uh, the individual who usually joins us, Jason, is currently unavailable. You know, life, universe, everything gets in the way sometimes. But we will persevere without him, and he's still with us in spirit and in editing, because he's going to probably be doing most of that for us. And in anger. <clears throat> well, he is the he is the spiritual anger of our group, because he's the, the driving force behind the name and the uh, apex. So, with that being said... All the introductions are in place. At the st- at the top of everything, we would like to have a moment of silence for those who have passed on, namely Stanley. He has uh, been a driving force to many of us um, in our childhood and in our adulthood in some cases, um, and we'd like to give him his, his due silence for, for his passing. All right. That being said, <clears throat> we have uh, several topics to talk about today. Um, l- last one was a bit more freeform, sitting at three hours. We uh, kind of went all over the place, and uh, we actually got Phil to join us this weekend, which is kind of nice. Gonna try and uh, control this chaos a little. So uh, we have a we have actual topics. Yes, we actually have a structure for this. And, and this time, I think I will. We shall lead us off, Drew. What did Stan Lee mean to you? Stan Lee. Now, when I was younger, uh, I want to say early teens. We'll, we'll go. We'll go middle school. Um, comics became something that came came into focus for me. Um, <clears throat> my cousins read comics, and they got me into it at that point. Um, Marvel was pretty much the gold standard for me. Now that isn't for everyone because D- people can say DC or Marvel. Everyone's got their own their own things, but uh, Marvel was specific to me because you know growing up I also had the X Men animated series and it was something that was kind of a you know a, a period piece for me in my childhood. So the comics were something I read on and off. I never read them with any real consistency. Like I wasn't one of those people who, you know, every week I had to go and grab it and find out what was going on. I was kind of a patchwork individual when it came to reading comics. But, you know, I had my favorite characters. And when I was younger, I used to collect those uh, ultra, you know, Marvel cards that had like the bios and the pics on them. It was something that, you know, I enjoyed because the characters was my first real foray into Kind of a you know a fantasy a, a a a modern you know science fiction I guess you want to look at it that way I don't know you know people have their own you know viewpoints on what what a genre entails just comics it's comics I don't know what else to say well Stanley personally I'll be honest as a, when I was a kid I very I didn't know very much about when it come when it came to comics um. I was I was amongst the thousands of children in the U.S. that at least it comes to my era that would just watch cartoons rather than read comics and stuff. And I was introduced to many of uh, many of Stan Lee's original works through no through the process of television. At least 
his creations anyway. Um, so I was more familiar with things like the Hulk animated series, the Spider-Man animated series, and all that stuff. And I grew to appreciate, um, I I grew to appreciate Marvel as a series as a whole. Um, most notably, um, watching um X Men the animated series. Um, it wasn't until later, once I was maybe like I just want to say roughly fourteen years of fourteen years of age, when I um uh began to explore um the people behind the scenes and started to learn who the man behind all these wonderful creations were, notably Stan Lee. Um, he helped inspire me to um to do to begin my own series of works while none of it is currently um out in the public but uh he was that creative he 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 had such a creative talent that that propelled me to um to expand my own creativity and to look further deep behind um the people behind uh uh, animation instead of just um looking at it at face value so um i didn't always admire mr lee for the most part and all right well um i am i think i say the best way to describe myself would be a legacy nerd i uh, i come from nerdish stock uh, my father, his brothers, and his uh, sister, they all collected comics. Uh, there was a vast comic collection that I had to peruse when I was young. Um, and uh, to be honest, I would say 99% of those comics were Marvel. Uh, I learned how to read reading comics. Um, I learned how to draw by copying out of comics. I think the first time I ever drew anything was... Uh, <coughs> copying I think a Moon Knight at one point um, I collected those little co comic car cards with all the stats and everything on them I still have them in a binder at home on the year 1990 and 91 and in those cards I have a Stan Lee card where it has him with you know his iconic aviators but also like you know Mjolnir and like Doctor Strange's cape and all sorts of things, because he was the driving force uh, behind Marvel, and um, you know, I know there's there's a lot of things you can say about him, um, but I mean, he was, I, I, I don't, I never really got to meet him, which is sad. I know that I've had friends who've met him, you know, and um, all I can say is that um, I'm def, I. I, I know when he when he passed when I became aware of it I was it was definitely one of those moments where I said to myself oh man I'm gonna remember this and um, yeah it sucks he made it to 95 which is an accomplishment for anyone but he made it to 95 and was still active still doing that up to the end inducting a whole new generation in it and um, you know, all I can say is uh, about Stan, you know, Stanley is, uh, what's it, Excelsior and uh, enough said true believers. I think I think when you break really break it down, there are, there are moments in your life where you go, where were you when this happened? 
And if anybody asked you that, it's like, where were you when you found out Robin Williams died? I'm like, that was when I first moved into my, when I moved into my first house, it was that summer. And I heard that he killed, that he, that he passed on due to suicide. And it was, it, it hit me like a Mack truck. Where, where, and now this isn't this isn't universal to everyone, but a lot of cases like people like that who are yeah. part of your life in either its adolescence or in your young adulthood, it's something that you won't forget about. Like Stanley's death and life are aspects that are just knit, stitched into our the fabric of our very individual realities, and it's something you're never going to, you know, forget about unless <laughs> unless somebody deletes those files. <laughs> It's someone you never expect to die, even though logically this for uh, for me uh, David Bowie, the the second after I uh, watched the Lazarus music video was literally just shaken by that, and I I defy anyone to see that music video and not feel something, and then to find out within you know minutes afterwards that he passed, I mean that's it's it's weird when someone has such an impact on your life. You know, as Bowie did for me, you know, Robin Williams, I know he had a huge impact on your life. It's It, it goes and it does this. And Stan Lee, Stan Lee had, his, his creative path ran in through the backbone of, you know, the whole community. I, not to say anything, not to take any away from, any, anything away from Jack Kirby. I, I'm not here to do that nonsense. And I know a lot of people where it's like, you know, you bring up Stan Lee and the, 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 the wave of vitriol comes out and it's like, well, Jack Kirby, it's like, they both did great work. I'm not going to take anything away yeah. from either of them. But you have to believe, you have to understand, there are people who are a lot more front and center when it came to that stuff. Stan Lee was interwoven in everything he did in one way or another. If you watch the old 80s X-Men cartoon, he was the, he was the narrator voice at the beginning of the episode. Um. Uh, he also was the narrator, I believe, for the Iron Man cartoon. Yep. The Fantastic Four. Did he do Silver Surfers too? I want to say no, yes, I... but don't quote me on that. But I mean, no, I don't think he did. Okay, that's that's. Did he? He did a Fantastic Four though, right? Yeah, the Fantastic the Fantastic Four cartoon, in my opinion, better than the movies. Not hard to do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, let's let's we don't need to dwell on it. But the truth of it is, we've lost somebody. But when you know when you when you go and you feel that loss, you know how important they were to you, and that's so. Let's let's just all take that in and say you know, there's a lot of important people out there who are still alive. Uh, treasure them while you have them, and uh, understand that those legacies will uh, last on beyond them, and their works are are interwoven into the bedrock of society. It's something you're never going to walk away from. What Bowie did, never going to go away. That music's going to last for a few generations before he starts to peter out, and I'm pretty sure it'll reignite out of nowhere, like a lot of these things do. So, yeah. Godspeed so, to you, sir. I'm glad you've you 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 your legacy is secure. I I hope that you know generations upon generations are you know do do your your works justice. So. Uh, gentlemen, next on the docket, uh, MTG, which is Magic the Gathering. If you didn't know what that is, I don't know why you're listening to us. I don't even know why I'm in this commentary, then. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate... <laughs> we needed someone confused that can sit there and just look confused. Oh, oh, oh Lando, you're not going to be alone on this one. This is this is Drew's, this is Drew's smashing. It is. It's, um, Magic the Gathering Ultimate Masters. Um, for uh, the, the two-thirds of us who are ignorant about this... All I, all I know is like these are the expensive magic as opposed 
as opposed to like the you know pricey magic. Yeah, I mean you're 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 really you're kind of chipping away at a at a block that's pretty much made of the same components here. Um, all right, so the Master Series uh, started back in. Oh God, I don't even remember when the hell that thing started. Okay, Dawn of Time, <clears throat> as since Magic La- has last been with th- us. Last Thursday. Um, um, no, no, not since then. Uh, I want to say 2015 was the first one that came out, and someone's going to obviously quote me, tell me I'm incorrect. Please uh, tell okay. us if tell us we're how wrong, we're, we are. We're wrong and that. how bad we are the, at doing things. <clears throat> the premise behind the Master Series has always been something of, um, at least in the initial, was something that allowed them to do a lot of reprinting of cards that are extremely rare or extremely expensive and do so at a premium where they can still make money, but making it so that these cards become available to newer players or players who want to get into the formats that require them. Now, there's a, there are formats that require that, that use more expensive, more powerful cards. There's something called Modern, which if you don't know what it, what that fit format is, just look up MTG Modern in Google, and it'll tell you what that format is. And writhe in despair. <laughs> you can see the cynicism. Um, it was basically a reprint set. Way back in the day, there used to be they used to be have a reprint set. Now the, it was interwoven into the core sets that were created, like they're you know starting way back. And I'll even go, we'll, we'll say 4th and 5th edition Magic, were reprint sets. They added stuff from previous sets that were uh, that were up and available. They added um, stuff from expansion sets that that they were carrying on into, an, into the new standard format, which at that point was called Type 2. I don't know why. It sounds like a terrible thing. So this is the equivalent of what Yu-Gi-Oh! is doing nowadays with the Megaton sets. The problem with Megaton sets is, is it's a very specific group. This is a full... You know, 160, 170 Wait, cards. Are we talking set. like meat and potato stuff, like counter and terror? Um, it's kind of that way, but it's a lot more expensive. We're talking stuff like, um, what, name a few. Uh, Liliana of the Veil, the most expensive version of the Liliana Planeswalker card that exists in the game, a seventy dollar plus card. Yeah, seventy dollars. I think I actually have one of those. Yeah. Congratulations! You could now sell it. You can sell it for an extra kidney. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. If I actually got into card games to sell <laughs> cards, then I'm not playing card games. So. Well, you'd be a single seller, which is what a lot of these master sets were for. A lot of this was chop shop stuff, where you, people would buy bulk boxes of them. They'd rip open, you know, two hundred packs, and then sell it off for profit. And what the positive of that is is the singles tend to be. When new singles come out or reprints of older stuff come out, they lower the value to a point where people can jump in. The, 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 the statement was that when Richard Garfield made Magic the Gathering, his statement was is that cards should never get to get above $20 in retail value so, so people could play the game. Now, the, he obviously included the fact, well, if there's foiling or you know a special edition thing, that completely supersedes it, but your run-of-the-mill cards should never be more than $20 a piece. Because it's too expensive to play the game at that point. Now, the, he doesn't run the company anymore, and the people who have taken over have ha, um, ta- have, have taken a different focus. They're more as- their aspect is more towards finance. They're basically looking at this as a way to think of it as think of it as the cardboard Bitcoin equivalent. They want to create a situation where they're taking the Konami route. No, because if they started actually doing. Uh, Casino type stuff, it might actually well, be more interesting. I think the difference. Oh, actually, now that I, from what I know of Bitcoin, that actually kind of makes sense, considering it's a artificial 
thing backed by the faith of the people who are backing it, so it has no real value except for the people who are willing to pay money for it. Yes. Um, the Each subsequent master set, after the initial one, because the initial one was, was lauded as a, it was a triumph. The car, it, gave, it gave access to older cards, it made them more available, and it lowered, lowered the intrinsic value of a lot of the old cards that were just super expensive. And it also maxed out some of my friend's credit cards buying sets of them. Yes. Um, as they started making newer sets, they started trying to become thematic. Um, modern Masters, Iconic Masters, M25. They're, they're, they tried to interweave some kind of theme into the, into the master sets and still try to keep the price point. Not only did they try to keep the price point, which at points was which were points was almost $150 for a box for less than you were getting for an original box, which was $80 for I think 35 packs, you're getting 25 packs for less or for more. Okay. That's stupid. But because they're all reprints, this 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 viewpoint is justifiable, you know, at retail and it's not. So, all right, I think that's a fairly good explanation of it. Uh, let's go around the table and get our opinions on it. Oh, um, I'm, oh I'm not done. Because oh, now oh. we get to the final, the ultimate Masters, where we get to the point now. Oh, this is the ultimate, not the penultimate. No, master. this is the end. This is the very last one that they say they're making. Yeah, until two years from now. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm just from the future. I mean, yes, and, and we're glad to have you. Um, they've, upped the, they've upped the pack price to $13 a pack. And the boxes are about two sixty MSRP. That's two regular boxes and a, and that and some change. Am I not sure? Two regular boxes and possibly a fat pack if you're if you're if you're value hunting. <laughs> no, it would be it would be almost three full boxes. Now, yeah. how they rationalize this is they put a full art foil box topper on it. Uh, there are air quotes going on this, in case you guys at home are wondering. Full art had air quotes, box topper had air quotes, <clears throat> magic had air quotes for some reason. Yes, it should. Um, that uh, is supposed to make the value up for that. It is extremely rare cards that have not been printed in eons in some cases. Uh, like, there's a legendary, there's a land from Legends called Caracas that got a reprint. That from the original Legend set. Jeez. Yes, there are cards in there that are tipping the scales at $150 easy. And then there are duds. Like, you could get a foil of cards that are 50-cent bulk rares that hmm. were made full art for whatever reason. You sure this isn't Konami? Because Konami does this shit all the time. I, I'm starting to agree with you more. <laughs> that being said, I will pass this on to Orlando. No, seriously. The, all that I just heard was, I mean, Konami's just, Konami pulls this shit all the time. For those of you at home, there is a look of just wide-eyed disbelief and head-shaking coming from the Lando direction. Because the only thing I could see these guys trying to justify this thing is when they're shoving, like, 50 needles in there full of acid. Because how the hell does this possibly work? Oh, oh! I, I have a, I have a very good idea how this works. <laughs> By all means, explain because. Um, so I'm... first off, I'm gonna go conspiracy theory on everyone. Oh right, I'm ready for all the. Because this is the only reason I could possibly understand why the good people at Magic 
uh, or let's just call them who they are. Hasbro. Do not take this for insider trading. This is, this can't be insider trading because I don't believe in the stock market. It's made mostly of holograms. So, all right. So Hasbro is a really big company, and as all companies we know are led by the lizard people of Agartha, the great underground world that is the real world where we are part of the overland simulation and uh, subsequent meat farming from the great lizard god. Why do you make us sound like cattle? Oh, uh, we are. We are cattle. Oh, we're, we're, we're cattle. Look at us. I'm, I'm, I'm prime marbled beef. But um, oh, that's man, not the thing. <laughs> See, the, the wonderful... You're, you're, you're gristle. They're going to use you as seasoning. Oh, of course. They're going to stew you like meat. Stew meat. But besides that, besides our great lizard overlords, you know, going and do this, the only reason I can justify this is that... Somehow, Hasbro has to have someone in the secondary market. They have to have people who are traders in the secondary market because there is no reason to appease the secondary market like this. And by the way, secondary market means it's not, it's not you know, uh, you it's not the people you just go and buy this from at your friendly local store. It's not the Walmart thing. These are people who are traders who are making, you know, money off of this. It there's no. It's it, it's almost like if the how if the IRS knows about this how is this not lo- money laundering? Like um, how, it's very weird how this is. This has been something that the, the this apparently goes back to um, the old baseball card scenario. Uh, I guess that's also a regulated market, or at least as as far as I know. It's, it's also all, it's also one of the most boring things possible. So well, also the value is extremely minimal in a lot of cases, even more so than other collectible things. Like, I mean, coins, at least, they have an intrinsic value because a lot of them are money. Yeah. Unless they're commemorative, and then the value is a bit more different based on materials, rarity, rarity etc. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the only reason I can think about it. This is appeasing a secondary market, and, honestly, there's no reason to appease the secondary market, especially with how Magic has been changing its selling practices over time, almost eliminating... All things and taking off oh entire countries, taking off countries, uh, talking out one side of their mouth while they're trying to saying they're trying to elevate the local gaming store scene, while on the other side uh, opening Amazon up to sell their product. Yeah, oh, well, that's that's not really killing the market. No, not at all. Yeah, Why? and remember the great stuff we get from that, Friday Night Magic, Amazon, yeah. the best local market around. Yeah, that's why we see stores of them all over the damn country. The the rationale for doing that was. Well, there are areas where people don't have access to um, X gaming stores. We'll use LGS, a local gaming store. LGS will be the will be the the, the shorthand for that. Yeah, but they don't have an LGS. Well, right, but most places, no matter how isolated they are from society, are near a big box store of some kind within thirty minutes of them. A Walmart, a Walmart, a Target, a Meyer, or whatever other tertiary place they can go to. Farm and Fleet. <clears throat> they probably have them at Farm and Fleet. Who the hell knows at this point? They can get them in that capacity. Now, can they get boxes of stuff in there? No. They get packs. They can get decks. They can get deck protectors, binders, that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it's, fat packs? Starters? They can get fat packs. They can get starters. Like, like it's Everything enough. but boxes is pretty much what, what the big box stores sell. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel like that was, a, that was a strike back at the collector's market because a lot of collectors were store owners. Mm-hmm. So the LGSs... Back in the day, at least by observation, someone can always tell me I'm incorrect in this one because I'm only going by what I've seen. A lot of those, well, at least in the beginning, because I started in ninety in ninety six 
when uh, just as the dark was shifting out and Fallen Empires, fourth edition, that kind of stuff was getting into prominence. <clears throat> and all of these card store owners were collectors, and their collections were insane. These were people who are the individuals who have safety deposit boxes of dual lands and the power nine and stuff like this. And they never wanted to lose their, their quote unquote investment because the, a lot of these individuals were old baseball card collectors yeah. who shifted over from there because the, the market became so regulated that they weren't making any more money. You know, I've still, I'm sure in, in storage somewhere, I have a box of baseball cards somewhere that I haven't even looked at. They're probably worth more as cardboard than they are as their oh, representatives. Yeah. And they moved on into this into this realm. They started selling for selling for wizards, you know, understanding that they were going to be the ones to help control the market. Wizards gave them the reserve list and said, "Hey, these cards will never be reprinted, so their value is evergreen." They then made shifts in the reserve list, taking cards and pulling around and shifting them around as they saw fit. I think at least twice, maybe three times. But the overall stuff, the Power Nine dual lands. A lot of the, you know, <clears throat> Power 9, by the way, is the, the nine most powerful cards in Magic, bar none. They were printed at the beginning of Magic's history. They are extremely expensive, extremely potent cards that we'll never see play again. They're essentially, and they're essentially like... Um, Part of a forbidden list? Effectively. They're... Yeah, every every game has their stuff you're never going to be able to play again. But this is stuff that is so ridiculously powerful that there are no formats you can play them in because they're that powerful. Each card is formed from cardboard and just pure naivety for not knowing exactly how incredibly overpowered these things could get. And as I said, being from the future, they will be reprinted in a <coughs> penultimate Grandmaster's Power 9 Extravaganza. $300, you get a play set of each. It's amazing. I, I, I care about that, but the Chinese bootleg market is an amazing thing. And the fucking up part is, is that the quality of the cards that Magic makes is hilariously terrible the chinese knockoffs are better quality cardboard it's so messed up i have cards that i've gotten from uh aliexpress that are bootlegs of... when the bootlegs can create a better quality and have more dignity than the original product there are cards that come out of packs bent. The Ultimate Masters. Mm -hmm. Someone opened the Ultimate Master box topper, and it came out curved. Yep. That was a foil. Now, foils do bend because of the material they're made from. But they are not supposed to come out of the uh, box that way. They didn't used to bend that much. Uh, Amonkhet pre-release. Yeah. I was there with my girlfriend. She got uh, the her, her special was Oketra foil. Very nice. And and I was like, wow, that's awesome, because she has amazing luck and almost never plays the actual game. Such is life. Yes, but it means I get her extra, so yay for me. Um, but, Bastard. like, two, three weeks later, whoop, bent. It was like a Pringles chip. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I looked at this thing, I'm like, well, that's, it's like, I, I didn't put in any weird packaging. I guess I should have not had it come in contact with oxygen, so that's on me. They print more cards than I than anyone else on the planet. And last I checked, they were using one of the best card printers available. The funny part is... Perhaps is, it was back in 1999. 
The funny part is, is Orlando. <laughs> the the funny part is, is they when they started releasing the most recent standard block, uh, they went when they went to Dominaria, uh, they used the purple core Japanese paper, which is higher quality. Now it's more of a matte finish on the cards, but it's still, uh, still passable. Um, and they don't bend, they don't curl. Yeah. And they went right back to their old stock, the, the block after or the 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 set after that. M19 was still bending and doing all that shit. Now, it, as 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 an actual fi- financier, if you're do, if you're playing this game and that shit happens, I would be justifiably aggravated. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as an investment. Now, as a player, I don't care. I'm never going to care. Mm-hmm. If I get anything out of this, it's tertiary to me if I trade it in because I'm likely trading it to a store to get other cards. I care if it bends as a player just because it ticks me off because like this isn't a problem I have with Japanese card games. <clears throat> I mean no. could you imagine that happening to a Bushi Road card? No. Oh, no. The, impossible. The card stock they use is too good. Magnificent high quality beautiful sparkly cards. We don't include Konami in this by the way. We don't. Mm. You know no, I don't really did. have any problem with Yu-Gi-Oh's with Yu-Gi-Oh card stock. At least I never did. I mean, the stuff I have on my shelf, there's no real issue. The foils are a little bendy, but nothing major. Yeah, so there's also constant miscuts and misprints. Entire like the there they're more common than you think. There's uh, art. There's art layering things I've seen where you get like you could tell their color their color printing on some of the things kind of got a little wonky. So. Now, I've seen what you're talking about. You know, it is. And there's no reason not to make fun of Konami. So, what are they going to do? Send incompetent assassins after us? I, make... thought, uh, I just don't want to wake up with a pachinko machine in my bed. I feel like that would be just the... Just Hit the lever! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to do that. The Godfather pachinko machine just a decapitated horse with little ball bearings running down its... Circulatory system. Why am I seeing this? I'd rather see a full house pachinko machine just so I can hear blow me down. <laughs> uh, Have mercy. If you people need to stop doing this because when you say shit like this, one it comes of, out of the ether. We're both two people playing <laughs> one person, and we'll both look like skeletons when we're adults. That's, that's not hard to do with that. That's point. not one of their catchphrases. Uh, but my attention span tells me we're done with Ultimate Masters. Does everyone agree? Yes, buy <laughs> buy bootlegs. They're better quality. Yeah, and you uh, get the cards you want without having to argue with them. Enjoy, enjoy the game. Hey, look, do you want to, do you want cards that you can get that aren't going to bend and it won't feel like a terrifying gotchapon that you got stuck with? Get spells about, the collecting. Spells the collecting. Wow, <laughs> that's some real bootleggery right there. Sorcery, the separating. What What are you doing? I'm gonna play my darkish iris card. Um, I get three bananas. I, I don't. I don't want to even give you any kind of. So anyway, MTG Ultimate Masters. Um, if you got the money to blow on something like that, you're the problem. reason why. Here's the reason why Wizards is still afloat. So keep keep spending that money. That way, they can spend more money on card set the card sets that people complain about because they're no one's ever fucking happy. Or maybe they can hire more people and put out more stuff for D and D. That would make me happy. 
Yeah, I'd rather them focus on D and D at this point because I mean, there's the, there there's more value in that at least to me. But, yes, but, for example, we, that way they can you know <laughs> decide to you know wise up and decide not to go with D and D live or esports and stuff. We're not bringing that up again. That was dumb, and I don't ever want to think about that. I that I, I still have differing opinions on that, but um, let's go to the next kind of thing. It, ooh, it's something I also don't have a horse in the race of. Upcoming Smash release. Confirmed for Smash. Your mom confirmed for Smash. Drew? You want me, you want me to start you want to start opening this can of worms? No, no, you know what actually Orlando, because I Do think it. you have like the most in on this one. <laughs> ah, yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the Smash Bros. So let's get this underway here. Orlando okay. confirmed for Smash. Uh I'd be the worst character in the game. A character that couldn't jump and would complain about everybody jumping. But anyway, let's get all serious here. Okay, um, I am totally 100% excited for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Switch. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't play Smash Bros. that wouldn't be excited. Hell, I've seen non-Smash players who are actually excited for this game. So, at least it's a plus sign here. My biggest concern with Smash Bros. though happens to be with the immediate availability of a season pass. Dun, dun, dun. Now, the Season Pass was was announced shortly after their latest Nintendo Direct that revealed the uh, more than less than controversial Piranha Plant as a playable character. Um, what? Seriously? Yes. The okay. final character that was added into the slot was a Piranha Plant. And the funny part is, is that's technically not going to come out with the it's, rest of the roster. It's going to come out after. It is the first officially announced DLC character, but it is, for a limited time, a free DLC character. Is, is Piranha Plant, like, another name for Waluigi? No, no, unfortunately, it, but at the very least, if you really, really, really want to squint your eyes, the Piranha Plant does have a purple color variant, so you can imagine him to be bite-sized Waluigi. I mean, that, ah. I, I mean, if I didn't already know that purple piranha plants existed in the game, that would be kind of pissing in the eye of people who wanted Waluigi. There are, there are purple piranha plants. Yes. yes, they um, <clears throat> they're they're in a couple of different games. They uh, they have a different function, but it's just color swapping. I'm gonna anyways. just put this out there. Last time I actually cared about Mario was the original. Uh, was it Super Nintendo Mario RPG? Well, and yeah. I have. Long since quit caring about anything else. As Don't blame you. That was actually a good time to jump ship because things have gotten only weirder since then for the Italian plumber. It's it's an idyllic time and it's still that time in my mind. So <laughs> you should all envy me. I don't envy anything. Yeah, I mean, it was a wonderful balance back then between Square and Nintendo, so, and this is just about the same with a little more insanity. But anyway... Who's to, confirmed for Smash? So the final three characters that were confirmed for Smash, we have the introduction of, um, let's see, Incineroar <laughs> from Pokemon Sun and Moon. Confirmed for Smash! Uh, we have, let's see, who else? Well, the Piranha Plant. Confirmed for Smash! And... I would say King K. Rule, but I think that was from a previous... I know it's from previous. May or may not be confirmed for Smash. No, he's definitely confirmed. He's oh, definitely in confirmed the game. for Smash! I would, I would unfortunately be a... Is that the alligator guy? Yes. Yeah, from All the right. Donkey Kong Country series. Uh, I know there's one there, more. There was, an, there was an Echo Fighter, another Echo Fighter, if I remember. Ken that. from Street Ken Fighter. Ken from Street Fighter. There we go. And that, rounds out the, that will round out the roster. Every, those are the three that, that have been added in. 
with uh, Piranha Plant being the no, first I know, DLC. I know there's one more original character. I'm just it's just doesn't it's not clicking at the moment. Is Little Max still in it? Yes. yes. Every single character from <clears throat> Super Smash Brothers from the entire series that's ever been playable is currently in this game. So from hmm. from the original to four, they're all in. They're all automatically in. So you don't have to worry about who's been omitted. It still sounds like a solid game to me, then. It, it, it is. Regardless of regardless <laughs> of who is in the game at this point, it's going to be a wonderful experience. And let's get this out of the way because Drew already knows this. Um, I'm a, I was always hoping that Shantae, the half-genie hero, was going to be in this game. And unfortunately, she's been rendered down to that of a sticker mm-hmm. for story mode. I don't know why. They couldn't even give her the assist trophy treatment. But so my hope is now that she'll appear as a DLC character. But going back to DLC, I don't... So Nintendo has announced a season pass for the DLC characters that that will eventually come to the game. A fighter's pass, if if you may so speak. Personally... I don't know what to think of it. I'm actually very skeptical about it. Skeptical because, let's just get this out of the way, DLC has always been mismanaged poorly, and has been since it's, since, um, I would say a few years after the inception of DLC, but... I remember when DLC used to be free, and it was just add-ons and stuff. (laughs) Funny, Griffin. Can I steal a th- soda? <laughs> you, you, you could just point. That would be fine. No, I want I people to know at home that I'm drinking things. <laughs> that, that your health is tertiary to everything else that you do? Yeah, tertiary at best. The only reason why I would say that I am not flipping my shit right now when it comes to it is because this is Nintendo we're talking about, and they're usually much more solid when it comes to these towards no, these things so i am going to be optimistically skeptical if that is a oxymoron or a paradox i don't know but no no you i believe be, you can be both optimistic and skeptical you can you can hope for the best but not really skeptimistic skeptical something to that effect skeptical but, we'll, but, we'll, but we'll continue um with with the smash things because of its I'm hoping that with its with its uh, release and everything, which I pre-ordered it myself, because I'm not gonna let that go by. <clears throat> um, yeah, the um, this should finally put a coffin nail, the final nail in the coffin of melee as a whole. I hope, I pray, I lie to myself because every day I wake up, I have to lie to myself so that I get up and t- continue doing what I do. That's how I get up. I can totally agree with that, actually. And since the melee, since the melee scene has been slowly dying, um, that could very well be the final nail in the coffin. That or I'll just give melee fans a whole new, a whole new bag of worms to complain about and how it's not melee. Oh sure, I'm more expecting that than anything else, because they just, it's just constant. Am I the only one here who doesn't actually have a switch? You are in now. fact the only one here who doesn't have a switch. I will I will say I will say this about the good people of Nintendo. I am a pretty dyed in the wool PC gamer for the last decade and a half or more. Good on you. And um the switch is a temptation. 
is a is a solid temptation. What little I played of it, like uh, borrowing yours, Drew, or something, um, I thought it was just kind of be a joke, and it is a probably coming out to be like the best gaming system of that of the generation currently. Something that we've talked about previously was that trying to measure Nintendo versus the other companies is something you shouldn't do. And it's not really an arrogance value point. It's more of a the thing that the things that they do while similar to the what the main companies do are on a different level and not even higher or or lower. It's all it's all in my opinion the same experience. They're just separate. It's apples and oranges in a lot of cases. Nintendo doesn't follow trends. They create their own, and they don't try to best the try to best other companies. They just want to be able to improve upon their their previous endeavors. And I think that's a well notable and um admirable aspiration to reach to because you have the other two first party developers who are constantly at war with one another, with just trying to best the best each other. Well, but know. Nintendo, he's just like. Yeah, you kids do your own thing. Um, I'm just going to go and do mine. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care if you make fun of my little screen over here that can happen to be playing top-notch games while you guys brag about your, you know, your high 4K graphics. You're, you go right ahead. I'm just going to do what's, what's practical instead of what's... Uh, can we just What's bury the hatchet edge? finally and say that graphics don't mean goddamn anything? It never did. It never did. Um, no. And the fact that they pushed it for till, since the fucking 90s drives me up the wall. And I will admit fully that I was one of the individuals who who thought it was intriguing that, you know, this has better graphics. This has, this has better graphics. We were all a graphics horse at you one know point. Who, you, know, no, you know who never played that game? And I will say this right now to, to both of you. Who is Nintendo's biggest competition? Sega. No, Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Because Nintendo is playing golf. It's just trying to beat itself. Yeah. Because it is an innovator and it is on a whole different course than everyone else. That's why. It it, it creates its own trends. It does not... And that's that's the marks of a true leader. It It leads. It does not follow. Yeah. I mean, they went from a company that basically owned motels and Hanafuda dispensers into you know and the dominant less than appropriate playing cards oh well not some of those are <laughs> you can actually get like nintendo hanafuda cards now that actually have like you know donkey kong and mario on them and stuff and if you play hanafuda it's cool it's a complicated game uh it depends there's also koi koi which is like more yeah you get that more in is Hawaii. it weird that all i just thought were koi fish no not even a little <laughs> not even a little bit it's spelled it's spelled the same um but i mean they and, and they have the best the best saying ever is like no one really knows what nintendo means but it's thought to be as leave luck to heaven and i'm like that's just such a cool idea you know luck leave, leave luck to heaven let innovate yourself move yourself sure you know absolutely you, and it's it's we can all say this. It's like Nintendo. I I will respect them even when they do things that I think is are mind-bogglingly dumb, and then turn out to be like the the bleeding edge next season. There are going to be things that they don't know how to do. No company is perfect. You're talking about, as you said, an ancient company that's been around since the 1800s. 
family-run company. Yes, that's then. even scarier if you think about it. <laughs> well, that, well, let's not let's not start delving into the the underbelly here. I don't care. None of us have that. proof of it, but all we have is proof is that, like, at one time, America was the dominant force in video games, and then Nintendo, Atari, dude. Yeah, I thought Atari was a Japanese-made company. No, no, Atari is an American company. Okay, now, the, now thank you for the update. Now the funny thing is, is back in the day when Tech TV existed, shocking thing, um, they actually did a lot of uh, behind behind the artists, behind the companies, um, uh, documentaries. And one of the things that happened was they went and talked to Nolan Bushnell, and they talked about Atari's history, what happened, and everything. At one point, when Nintendo was coming out with their entertainment system, they went to Atari and asked Atari if they wanted to buy them so that they could be the market in America. And Atari turned them down. That, mm. that is a hubris. Yeah, it's you, flavorful hubris, but it's hubris. All right, well, that's another, the, the topic for, like, the cocaine parties and the jacuzzis and, like, the fact that game designers used to be living it up crazy. That's obviously another time. Do we have any more Smash stuff, or shall we move on? Kill it where it stands. I mean, yes, I'm I'm very happy the game's coming out. Yeah, I mean that's a gen- <clears throat> that's gen it's received generally positive reception. I'm, I'm so gonna play the game with you guys when yeah, it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, it's I'm another gonna, party game with fighting. That's I'm a all fling, it I'm is. gonna fling my 2D bacon at you because that's all I care to do, and I love it. And that's totally, there's always a controversy totally if it's fine. bacon or sausage. Who cares? You you, you, you throw the bacon and I'm just gonna whip you to heck with it. Oh no no I'm <laughs> gonna get beaten at this game. That's not even a thing. So next oh oh my favorites, the state of traditional gaming. Where do we start? Cards, RPG, Drew, dealer's choice. <clears throat> come on. Um, let's start with um, let's start with what we were already talking about because it's a good bellwether and it shifts us into other things as we go across. <laughs> and as I'm sitting here, uh, my friend, uh, my friend Phil is licking a box of Keyforge. Uh, I didn't know what love felt like. I'm so sorry, honey. I love you, but <laughs> <laughs> but you're but you're not the card game that I've been waiting for since I was a a wee little gamer. Keyforge, created by Richard Garfield, our Lord and Savior, who also created Magic: The Gathering and probably other things. I'd have to look into them. Um, published by Fam- Fantasy Flight, which is a double-edged sword. Because I like Fantasy Flight, but their ability to di- to be dis- distributors is mind-numbingly bad. I have such a love-hate relationship with that company, I can't even understand it anymore. It's 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 an abusive relationship. You you you, you get to the end of the week and you just like, I got I got I got my I got, I got my I got my lumps, but I got my cards. Yes, okay. it turns you to ultimate masochist. You just keep getting beaten and you keep All asking right. for more. And I will say <laughs> this: once uh, we do not deserve Keyforge. No, we have not been good enough. We have not uh, voted for the right people. We we have been bad to the environment, but you know what? Um, Big, Big Papa Garfield gave it to us anyway. He did. We hadn't we hadn't been nice, and we got an early Christmas present. Um, uh, I'm not even being exaggerating, um, Lando. You are going to love this game if you say so. You like I was played, a, like, why are you raising raising the hype, man? Like I, Jesus, you've known me <sighs> for years now. Have I ever hyped something up this much? No, and that's that's. But you have to understand, when you raise that hype, I can't help but be skeptical. That's why I'm still you, skeptical. And you can, you can be continue skeptical. to be the skeptical self you are. And, that, is, and, that is a quality I appreciate. And, and please do, because we need someone. To, this game takes everything from Magic that I hated, 
and tosses it out the window, kicking and screaming. It takes everything I love from the ideas of just, like, uniqueness and, and, and does it. It goes and it integrates an app in a way that I find intuitive and fun. Like, so many things other card games have attempted to do, Keyforge does. And, I mean, where... Drew, say, where do, where do we start? All right, we so we'll, start? we've already started with the, uh, the, who, the, the who and the what. <clears throat> and, and let's go to the... When we went to the why. So let's start really looping into the Ooh. meat and potatoes of the game. Shall we introduce them to our archons? Uh, the, game is a, the game is a deck game. That, now, I explain this this way because there's different types of card games. There's a living card game. There's a collectible card game. There's a tradable card game. There's a customizable card games. This is a deck game. You buy a deck for, not, for under $10. Under $10, ladies and gentlemen. And you play the game. You, write, you register your deck in their database. You're, you're, you have an archon that is representative of who you are in their realm. And it's randomly generated... So, the deck itself is uniquely constructed to that Archon. You have three houses that you have access to that you can alternate between the three over the course of the game. And you play the deck. There's no, uh, there's no customizing. There's no buying. The deck is made from the ground up, and you play it. <clears throat> there's nothing more to that. Now, is it sucky for the fact that there are a lot of people who like brewing decks and stuff? There are a hundred million different card games that you can play where you can brew whatever you want. This is not for you specifically. The value in it is in the fact that there is no intrinsic way that the game that the, the system can be gamed. If it is, let's say there's a really powerful deck, that's when things start getting interesting. Decks have decks are, inter, are introduced into the database of of um what's the company that's going through? Uh, it's it's Fantasy Flight Games. It um go <laughs> pop up the actual app. Um, you it's... register your you register your deck. You put in the QR. You can either scan the QR code or put in the fifteen digit fifteen sixteen digit code. Your deck is now in the system. If you go to a tournament or a constructed play, you bring that deck. That is your deck. The card roster of your deck is available for anybody to see. You can go in there. The database is huge. As decks get activated in the system, you can look through the cards, tap on them, and see what they are. So you, there's never a point when you don't know if you go against somebody and you see their Archon. You can just flip on your phone, put the name in, and you know what deck, deck they're playing. <clears throat> Wait, if that's the case... Okay, um... Because, you tell, because you're telling me there's no real way to, um... To customize your no to customize your decks, um, if you know what deck your no your if you know what decks your opponent is playing, doesn't that limit on the amount of um, um of strategies a person can create using certain decks? Yes and no, because would... the decks are unique and they're randomly generated. Yeah, but like, let's say you have <clears throat> one specific type, but no, let's say you have. Okay, yes, you do. You have one deck, you're dealing with another, but your deck op no, your deck cannot overtake another. No, that that specific type of deck. I mean, okay. I know it's unique, but Okay, I think do. I know where you're getting. You're at you're wondering if the opponent knows what's in my deck, doesn't that put me at a disadvantage? Yeah, like no, aren't there you're certain both, you're both at equal disadvantage. See, here point. here's where the difference of that is. Is that first off in a lot of tournaments that's always the case? Like there are decks that are known to be like here's here's this deck. 
Mm-hmm. Like, let's face it, one of my favorite old games, there were six decks at a tournament, and that was it. You could tell you were fighting. This deck is how you play The game is how you play it. It is um, it's how you do the strat- your, strat- your strategy. Using what you have and using it to your best advantage is the best way to play the game. You can some some decks are going to be more powerful, but this is going to be determined as they go, and they'll start having handicaps. So you can be fighting a deck and be like, "Oh wow, I know those cards. Those are some bad combinations." And then you go and you see, "Oh wait, they start off with all of these handicaps now, which basically slow them down." Essentially, it ba- there will be ways to balance the game as time goes by. You it's, betcha. It's integrated into the actual gaming system that they in constructed play. As a deck gets better, they get hobbled. Now, it's not at first it's minor hobbling, but as it keeps winning, it keeps getting more and more hobbled. And if it still manages to pull through all of that hobbling and be the top deck, I think they said up to the top two, those two decks are banned from the system and locked out, and the people who own them are given two free decks apiece. Now, mind you, this is all... Speculation from what we've heard so far. Right. We're not into it. It might be better than two top. It might be better than two decks. It might be other things. It could be like prizes. Like some of the was it one of the prizes I saw that they were getting ready was this really awesome poster. Right. From with uh, like I think it was a Sentinel mm-hmm. on it, which is one of the groups. They had one for each of the houses, I think. Um. Yeah. It's uh, the art. Uh. And, and this is a funny thing my brother brought up. Is that like he wanted to look at the art and for some reason everyone online is just posting the back of the cards because yeah the back is unique mm-hmm. because it has your your uh, your archon on it which is kind of a uniquely generated character it has their name and it has the three houses that they have access to if you look at the actual I don't know why that if you, the art's good the art is um, slightly cartoonish uh, really good detail but has a uh, an overall general art style right. It's it's unified. It's like Lightbringer, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it's a little less cartoon. Or Lightseeker, sorry. Like it's a little less cartoon, Lightseeker than Lightseeker. Um, someone had some good development. Fantasy Flight Games comes out with good card games. I have no problem with them. They have the, uh, and there's there, and I'll put this out there. There's nothing like Keyforge out on the market. No. There's no. There's nothing like it, and I don't think and. And I don't think anything short of Fantasy Flight Games could have put Keyforge out there. Agreed. Now, the funny part is, is I've been hearing online and on Discord that uh, they've Fantasy Flight has only released 5% of the actual quantity they have available. Oh, oh, I know. They, they're, 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 trickle, they're trickling it, and there's a, I think the reason is they're trying to catch the bug that they, that they calculated was coming out. Oh, the bug. I haven't heard of a... So, supposedly, these are randomly generated things. Randomly generated words. Like, I'll go and say my Archon is... Oh, sweared the valiantly immovable. And, Drew, you gotta... You gotta... You gotta introduce us Do to... I have, which one? Umberto? Oh, Umberto. Umberto the supposedly grasping? And Umberto is grasping. Umberto just grasping. <laughs> these decks are, are crazy. The, the interactions that are built into the decks, they seem unintuitive at first. But the point of the deck, when you crack it and you start playing it, is you start understanding the way the deck functions because it's your deck. The deck's too small for you not to be able to draw what you want over time. And the amount of drawing in there, even with the hindrances, if you end up acquiring them through time... Like, they were talking about the percentages necessary for a deck to start getting really hobbled are really minimal when they really start flooding the gates with this game. 
I think they should still stick with Trickle just to get a general idea of how people are liking it. Because mm-hmm. like I, I've, I'm hearing from YouTube personalities, they're still trep- they still have trepidation about it. But their trepidation they, it doesn't take into account that there are failsafes in place made by Richard Garfield himself and and the development team that he was working with, creating this game so that it's self-contained and there's no such thing as one deck winning over all other decks in a meta that everyone else can play. What ends up happening is it's one deck that's beating everyone else, but it's only one deck. Mm-hmm. It will never touch the local meta unless that person is drunk with power and just decides to fly all over the world and start kicking th- kicking indoors on LGSs and just beating everyone senseless. And you know what? If it gets someone that that power <laughs> up and pumped up, oh man, they've got a winner on their hands. they got a winner on their hands, and eventually that person peters out. Because they either stop doing it, but, or the deck gets or the deck gets banned, and they get two more decks. So um, the, the the game itself is self perpetuating because of that. It's it's great. Uh, after we're done with the cast, we will take you through it, Lando. You're gonna, I, I can almost guarantee you're going to love it, or be confused, or be confused and love it, or hate it, and then eventually stab me to death. I don't know. I'm only from the future, but the thing is. Um, I mean, if you're from the future and you're telling me this now, you're probably still alive, but hey, what do I know? Uh, Multiverse theory. Multiverse, yeah, quantum mechanics, a colony of one, I don't know. Um, But yeah, Keyforge, be patient, Fantasy Flight Games will come out with more. Um, buy the starter set just so you can get the tokens and stuff and, like, learn if it takes you some. If you're a veteran card player, you can look up the rules online, get yourself two decks, and go to town. It is a fun game. And and, mo- and the problem, and the best part of it is investing in this game is v- extremely affordable. Oh, yeah. It is not expensive at all to get in this game. That deck in your hand was eight ninety nine. That is the full functional deck for, for less than $10. If I bought a deck from Magic... It would be fourteen ninety nine. Yep. Eleven ninety nine if I bought the M nineteen deck, and it would have one less pack um, in it. This one is a fully functioning deck out of the box. You do nothing with it other than play with it. And what are the the magic decks that I actually consider to be actual decks <clears throat> or sideboards? How much are those? Uh, thirty thirty nine MSRP, and some places sell them for higher. Yeah, sometimes the, to forty five because the challenge decks or something. The, the challenger decks. They're, yeah, they're essentially the uh, the hey, you want to play standard but don't feel like paying, you know, the price of constructing your own deck. We'll do it for you. Right. It won't be nearly as powerful, yeah. but it'll be ever have everything you need so to you, run it. You can buy four or five Keyforge decks for what is a working Magic deck that you will still have to spend an additional fifteen to twenty dollars to, you know, in it, you know, customize to an actual working thing. This is if you if you decide to never buy another deck, you are like, perfectly okay. With you're fine. One. You're done. That's that's all you need. It is a buy-in of nine to ten dollars. My goodness, if you're trying, and, and to parents out there, it's not it's not terrifying looking. It, it, the art is is children can play this game and learn how to play it, and they can learn a very interesting game. What what's the age? Is there an age on that? Not for use under the age of thirteen. Oh, there we go. Thirteen, man, you you spot all this. Thirteen, yeah, that's a good age. Like that's about if, right. But I like, mean, it, it, magic starting point is twelve, so that's actually the right dimension. For yeah, I, I agree with that on this. Like, if you're going, if you want your, if your kids are into card games and Christmas is coming up, I can pretty much guarantee, like that, uh, Fantasy Flight will will go and restock everything before Christmas. Yeah, I'm more than certain with I, that. They're they're good about this stuff. They just. 
have issues, and I don't know if I even want to go into the more things about Fantasy Flight. I don't know if I should. That that doesn't that isn't talking about the general state. It is true. That's, that's more talking so. about something specific. We wanted to bring that up. Getting back to the general state of things What's for card that? games, it's all over the place. Oh, yeah. But digital is something that's always been has always been a lurking thing. It's Magic's, been on the rise lately. Magic Pokemon took it into account. All of the TCG packs you pick up from them come with a code card, so you get a digital pack in their digital game. Mm-hmm. I think Yu-Gi-Oh has a has a digital game, though I don't think they have code cards for you to do anything with it. Uh, for, for Yu-Gi-Oh, it's it's sporadic. I mean, ever since they released Duel Links, which is now a whole different type of Yu-Gi-Oh format, um, they've uh, it's no longer the case of downloading um digital packs. It's rather just simply um downloading a like. You get to open an account. That's the only cards that. That's the only card you get in there with every booster pack. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic. Arena for Magic. Also, Magic has Magic Online. They they've been re- re- been digital about it. The problem is is that if you depending on who you talk to, Magic Online has been an absolute joke. The uh the some of the the bugs in there are are aggravating. The meta, the, the meta in the game is extremely money-centric. If you pay for a lot of your stuff, it's likely you're going to be a winner in a lot of cases. Uh, Arena tends to be a little bit more level in the playing field. Their, um, their RNG decks. is ridiculous. They give you free decks. They give you free packs per day. I've never at any point never felt like I needed to spend real money on it, which may or may not be a good thing because I'm sure that, their, that the value for them is people spending actual money to get things. But I don't care enough. I'm playing casually. That's the same way I play real magic. I play casually. But that's not me. You destroys for... people casually, just so you know. <laughs> I'm not that good, and there are people who are better. But I still enjoy myself. At the end of the day, for me, it's about entertainment. I'm not here to win. And for those people who do, there's an entire competitive scene that they can do. As completely screwed up as that competitive scene is right now. It's loaded with Loaded with supposed cheaters. Loaded with fa- with favorability on Wizards' part for specific pro pro players. Oh no, really? Yeah, I can't tell. <sighs> Sounds like you. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's always across the board. I mean, you'll it's like well, there's well, actually, in- I was thinking about Pokemon, but what do I know? Pokemon seems to be a lot. No, no, the card game Pokemon doesn't seem like that has that problem. No, it does not. The digital game itself is obviously has that problem. Um, <clears throat> That's something. That's something else. Yeah. Um, um. As far as as far as a lot of your traditional games are concerned, shifting over to tabletop role playing games, uh, I yeah. feel like the market's been pretty pretty saturated with options upon options. I mean, you can go to the basics that everyone knows about D and D five fifth edition. It's vibrant, still running strong. Pathfinder. If you feel like running for running three point five D and D, they took those rules, streamlined them, are currently making them even better with new betas. Their their next edition for that should be coming out real soon, and the beta book is available for purchase. If you want to go into something more simple, there's Savage Worlds. It's so streamlined, it's ridiculous, and it's a fun system to play sure. anything on. Sure, just give me a topic. Like I I don't even know where to start with RPGs because I've got <laughs> so much to say. Oh sure. How about we go with indie games? Because that's where your flavor is. Uh, it used to be, really? actually. I will go and say this about indie games. Indie games have been kind of going a little bit... I mean, what are what are even indie games anymore? Like, they're kind of going a little bit out there. Uh, the 
uh, I'd say back about three or four years ago, I'd, I'd agree indie games are where it's at. Now indie games are starting to comprise basically like just um, little things added on to what are mainstream games. Like um, one of the craziest things I think now trend-wise that's happening are Japanese RPGs. Not, oh, like, you know, j you know anime-centric RPGs. I mean, like, like literal... Like Bessem and Made and stuff I mean, like that. Well, Made is actually different. Made is a Japanese RPG. Oh, well, there you it go. It was made in... Oh, ah. made in Japan. Oh, wow. It was uh, it was developed in Japan. It was, thank you very much. Um, that's that's getting... Uh, Ryotama. Uh, there, there's just, like, uh, kickstarting is a lot of those things. But I would actually say that um, the... The big games are back. D and D. Let's see. They they just released uh, something. I I recently picked up was the special edition with the slip. It it is magnificent art. It takes me back to the old three things where each of the books was supposed to look like an actual magical tome of some sort. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I wish they'd kept this up for a while, but they did the switch and forth. They switched over and forth, and of course they decided to keep continuing with like this adventurer splash page look, which has gotten progressively better. But it's neither here nor there. Uh, the new it's setting. It's a far cry compared to the original tomes. Yeah, it is. In it, um, the guild guild uh, guild guide of Rad Ravnica. That is that is nice. That's a good setting. Um, and a nice parallel to the magic card game as a whole because it fleshes out a mythos yeah. and a world that a lot of people view as some, one of the best things that, mag that, that Wizards has ever constructed. Uh, you can play now as Luxodon, the Dalkins, Simic Hybrids. It's just, it's really good. Um, I, th I can see some people would complain and think it's a little bit sparse, but it's really not. It gives more idea of like what is it like to play in the guild world. How are the guilds different? What is your like? What what is it like to be in the guilds? You know, what does it mean to have a guild insignia? You know, you're what you can be any class and play in any of the guilds, and that's beautiful. Um, that's that's really awesome. Uh, I look forward to running a campaign in it. Um, other things that are coming out. Uh, the new the new Rune Quest is out. Which, for those of you who like your percentile fantasy based <laughs> games, uh, it's it's setting place in Gloriantha. Uh, it's a lot of and and now the new vampire is out, so it's kind of weird. It's like everything's kind of coming out again. And I I've been a long term vampire player, and I am struggling to to build up the will to buy fifth ed. They just keep sticking their foot in their mouth about things publicly, and I just like. Is this even worth it? Because, like, I don't want to support them doing things that are, are super 90s edgy and trying to go and call, call that as, like, well, we're just being, like, cool and world of darknessy. It's like, no, you're, we have a word for it now. You're just being a bunch of edgelords. Yeah, that's the, that's the culmination of everything that has gone on on the internet since forever. And it's finally has it finally has a form. Well, it's had a form for a bit, but... I don't. A lot of that stuff, as long as it doesn't take away from the value of the game, I could care less. When it starts to bleed into the game, where it takes over the, you know, the the, the inner workings of it, where you're just like, I can't do this anymore because the it's not there's nothing in it for me anymore. 
because of that, then I'm I'm turned off by that in general. Yeah. See, the thing is, like, no one asks them to go and explain away the evils of the world in their game, and then to go and bring that in there. I don't want to play a game where, like, one of the main things are people who have different, you know, sexual orientations or religious beliefs are getting, like, genocided by people. Like, I don't think that's a fun time for my friends. No, and, and in all honesty, the, the, a lot of this stuff, especially because you're dealing with personal horror, at least attempting to, I, I feel like that's... You want to the subtlety is gone. Yeah, it's so sledgehammered it, that that the end of it, you just you walk away feeling uncomfortable and really not getting the intrinsic value that's supposed to be inherent in the game itself. I mean, the old <clears throat> world of darkness had some problems where I think you know the what was supposed to be blood uh, personal horror ended to be blood drinking superheroes. You know, that was a problem. Now they're trying to go and bring it back to the 90s. And you know what? The 90s were awful. The 90s were a nihilistic time of cultural deprivation. Um, the the books that White Wolf came out with, some of them were just, they pushed, they pushed the line so far that, like, you know, it, were it nowadays, if someone said some of this, read some of that stuff, like excerpts from some of the White Wolf books, especially some of the the stuff, um, was it Wraith? Some of the Wraith settings that shall go unnamed. Nowadays, you'd think it's some sort of terrible edgelord poetry. To be fair, I mean, the gothics, the gothic, uh, in, the inherent gothic uh, subset in that game, and in and, and White Wolf overall, it, it just permeates the entire thing. To the point where, if you tried to get a new player playing that game, now they wouldn't—they would be so put off by it. There'd be no—they'd be nothing for it. This is this was just garnered towards people who grew up with White Wolf. Yeah, it's like we brought back all the '90s that you loved, and you can sit there and reminisce about how you were there when, you know, they—the first White Wolf books were pamphlets that yeah. you got to play the game on, and you know it was edgy and gothic and dark and blood everywhere. Fine. And those are the only people I'm even hearing about are that are excited about this. That, good. I'm glad they made a game for them. I don't care. Yeah, it's just like I hope you don't expect this to ever get anywhere. If well, to be fair, that their the society for that game as a whole is is an aging one that never replenished at all because the the there was never any real drive to bring new people well, in. The game had a natural evolution in the new world, which is now Chronicles of Darkness. And it had a bunch of stuff. It had a bunch of setting stuff. It was beautiful. The system was, the system was brought back around, and then they just went and said, "Well, we don't want to deal with this because it isn't the same power gaming nonsense trip that we used to have." No. So you give the people what they want. It's not a hard thing to do. And I, I buy a lot of RPG books. And Drew, you were there with me when I was looking at that thing, and I just couldn't bring myself to. I thought it was interesting that they. they a lot. Of, the thing I was intrigued by wasn't the fact that it was there. It's that they finally realized something that they should have started doing eons ago was they include a code for the PDF True. in the book. A lot of these things are having the physical book means very little. Oh, and, another, and it's kind of nice that they have the PDF for you to have. Another thing, if you shrink wrap your RPG books, uh, don't. I hate you. All right, um, a book needs to be leafed through before you buy it. Uh, you wouldn't go to uh, whatever sort of bookstores are still left on there, 
have the thing, you know, shrink wrapped. Like, well, I guess I'll have to guess if this is interesting or not. I guess I'll buy it at face value. All right, buying buying a RPG book is a a fifty to sixty dollar investment. Yep. And if you are shrink wrapping it so I can't read it, I immediately start to think, oh, this is not going to be worth my money. Now, the addendum to this is a special edition or limited edition version of it where if it's not if it's out things get damaged you shrink wrap that till oh, fucking yeah. cows come home. Yeah, the completely opposite effect, but they had two they had the special edition and they had the original. And the original which um first off art on the original looks stupid. It always did. It looked, White Wolf art uh, ran the gamut of live action Joe they got on the street who was smoking on a corner and said, "Hey, you mind making a gothic pose for me?" to like, Art that was really cool water paint art that looked almost that looked stunning that you looked at and went this is gothically terrifying and I love it. Yeah, uh, the the special edition <sighs> looked like the natural evolution of the thing. I thought it looked a lot better. Um, I'm not paying the money for it. I'm not paying the money for a game that I'm not sure of. And honestly, like this is a good portion of my game group. Do any are. Right. Either of you interested in playing Vampire Fifth Edition? You can hear that. You can hear the crickets on this one. No, I can't because they're all dead. So now the other thing I wanted to bring up to you is, um, this might also might be a byproduct of the fact that the, it does include the PDF, and if it's leafable, someone can just take the PDF code from the from the inside of the book, and just get it for free. That might be the reason why they shrink wrapped it. Just a thought. Uh, there's a way to go around that. You basically just go in at the FLGS. You just say, "Hey, give them the give them this code when they buy it." And that's uh, the way they would go about doing that, but I don't think they did that in that case. No, they probably didn't. But like, I that's that's the rational thing. You and I are thinking rationally. I, we're, we're thinking rationally. Also, if I'm not mistaken, this is a Modifius project product, and Modifius comes out with some really excellent looking books and some interesting RPGs, uh, none of which I've run. Uh, none of which I've actually drummed up a, a lot of interest in because I just can't seem to get people behind them. I mean, my my favorite RPGs right now, and I never would have thought I'd say this, are freaking Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. It's just so... It's the most solid version of the game I've ever played. It really is. Uh, Even I and, admit and that. And Starfinder. Starfinder. If Starfinder is any indication of what Pathfinder 2 is going to be... We are going to have two very interesting fantasy RPGs duking it out old school. Because Starfinder, you can play anything. Yep. You can play two characters who are literally the same class and have nothing in common otherwise. And play completely differently. It's a beautiful game. They come, And the, the thing that Starfinder and Pathfinder have on their side is that they've got, they keep coming out with stuff. D&D, I love you guys. You're great and everything. Come out with more. I, it's, it's, it's a couple years now, and we are just now getting a second setting book. Like, we got a, we got a beginning of a setting for Faerun, and now we have a setting for Ravnica. And I'm, I, I'm happy we have it, but if this were 4th edition, we'd, have, we'd be on our second or third uh, player's handbook. We'd have had like a bunch of other monster manuals. It, they're just they just don't put out a lot of it stuff anymore. They now, put out quality, but they don't put out a lot of anything. Now, to be fair, um, 
because I live uh, when I when in my Pathfinder experiences, I've lived in the OGL world, open gaming license. Because if you got it, you can make whatever you want. And in a lot of cases, those settings were made OGL. So any of the Pathfinder stuff that I got that had setting books, they're fifth ed compatible. But that's not official wizard stuff. You're talking about official. Yeah. Which I understand. But you get sometimes you just have to go and say, I can't get the official stuff. I have to go open gaming license. I want a psionics book from Wizards. I want a psionics book. I, that's, I don't think that's hard to do. I like it. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I mean, I wanted a psionics book for uh, Pathfinder. And was it Dreamscard did it? Dreamscard oh Press did it. And goodness. It's, it's thick as fuck. It is, um, it is amazing. Two C's like. thick. Yeah, it, it's it, you just smack it and it bounces. Um, we got anything else in traditional uh, board games? Any board games kind of still have their value. Is it is it dwindling because of the digital market and iPads? You want to say yes, but I'm still playing board games with my family. Yeah, that doesn't go cool. away. It's a it's it's a tradition that doesn't die. It just evolves. I'm never going to play Uno on a tablet with my family. One, I won't have a tab tablet that large. And two, with the way I play with my family, I'm not busting a tablet. <laughs> but yeah, uh, board games, uh, we're, we were living in a thriving board game era. Yeah. Uh, board games are more prevalent, more interesting. Um, and they run the price gamuts. I mean, everyone... I played some amazing board games, and it's... I, I mean, there's nothing specifically I want to call out... Uh, because it's, I mean, it's good if you're looking They're for actually something. resurrecting old board games. Yeah. And I, the, what was the, the name of that one that was on the table at the place we went to? Uh, Fireball Island or something? Yeah. They re-brought back that game from the 80s. Except for I'm pretty sure it actually is good this time. It's good and it has expansions. Yeah. I'm like, holy hell, who felt to do this? It's, good on you that you did it, but wow. But I mean, you I mean why? But thank you. But yeah, why? why? But thank. Yes. You, you know what? I, Confused I, I, but optimistic, um, like you are. Uh, what was that name that I think would be really skeptical great? or optimistic? Sorry. That, um, was it? Uh, was it Gravemaster Thriller or something? The one that had the VHS and everything, the horror game. Yeah. Now imagine that with like an app that you could use on your phone. I want to see those weird little horror games back. I don't know why they could. I, I could see that coming back and having a having a bit of popularity. Um, My worry at this point, I think, is is that the generational that, that generationally there's going to be a bit more fall off as things go on. I don't uh, think it's going to be as bad as a lot of people are claiming because people like to go doom and gloom. It's like traditional gaming, card games are going to die eventually. The Everything dies eventually to the concept of digit digitization, hmm. but it doesn't. It isn't a Death, death. It's not permanent. Well, the reason is because they like they only see like a glimpse of uh, of those scenes, and then they think that all is going to all <coughs> is going to be burning to the ground. I mean, if you look at something like Monopoly for millennials, and then you'll think, oh my god, these assholes are actually trying to cater so desperately to a market that just simply doesn't want it. Now, I find it freaking hilarious that such a thing even exists. Dude, there but, are millennials who collect Monopoly games. I know. Because there are Monopoly games that you can collect. I and Necrobopoly. It's, it's, it's... Yeah. Oh, she's dead now. Now I'm sad. It's fine. Don't, just, it's, it's... Cartoons aren't real. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, it's, it, it, it shocks me that there, there's... That being somebody who does tra tra travel the internet ways as much as I do, and being on Twitter... 
it's so much goddamn doom and gloom when it comes to hobbies. And it's just like, I go to local, I go to a local gaming store. I don't see any of this shit. I don't see any of the stuff. And this actually weaves me comfortably into politicization of hobbies. One of our things that we were going to talk about. Which we're going to after we do something else. But first, I I would like to say, um, one, that's the internet. And that's an issue all too. I mean, let's... I'm so tired of the it is what it is response to all that shit. I get that that's going to be the the answer 90% of the time. I mean, people playing... D&D is more popular than it's ever been. Like, there are people who are... Like, I will go to... I've gone to a wedding not too long ago, and these were not, like, my nerd friends, but I heard two people talking about playing D... Like, having a D&D night. Very and nice. stuff. It's, like... Uh, it's big. This, because it involves... It's friends. It's community. It's all the things that have been human needs since the dawn of time and will continue to be human needs, and they won't... They're just not going to be replaced by computers. In the beginning, God created the land. You know, and I'm, in there, he created these square dice, and he rolled. Oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that happened. I was there. I'm from the past, but um, your, your story keeps changing. Yeah, to play the shitty games that suck ass. Oh, no, we don't. We can't get sued. This is the internet. Um, <laughs> what, what's he gonna do? Come after us and be angry? I hope he does. Then I get to finally meet him. <laughs> that would be fun. But that, that's besides the point. You're um, supposed to respect your elders. <laughs> oh. Not if what? they're from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> I said it and I don't care. At least you committed to it. Yeah. I'd be more concerned if you floundered. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, I've got... I'll probably have more to say about this later someday in another podcast, but... All right, swing it to the next one. Traditional games are good. <laughs> swing it to the next one. I'm ready. I'm so glad. Blizzard's mobile game and subsequent... Recoil. Oh, Drew. By all means, go right ahead, sir. You may begin. You may have... Because I have my reaction already planned. So, we'd have to go back to BlizzCon. BlizzCon. An event that people sink money, time, vacation, resources into. People pay for digital tickets to be part of the broadcast that they don't even go to. This is a money thing. This is a fan-based thing that people... Shut up. That... I was going to say? You're giving me that look. We're waiting to jump on this because le- BlizzCon... I know. You're itching to, and I get it. Because of... Rain yourself in. It's going to be real fun. I'm perfectly uh, fine. You're, you're, you're the one who's jumping the gun here. Guys, guys. I'm trying to build hype. He's trying to build hype about Activision Blizzard. Let the hissing braying of horses begin. <laughs> <laughs> Brand X Joker <clears throat> Okay So BlizzCon They go and announce The next uh, Diablo IP What is it called? Diablo Immortal. Immortal And they announced it as a mobile app That they were going through a Chinese company to make? Yes. <laughs> one the one that makes a Crusaders of Light or some su- such that's that look that that if you look at the actual footage for the game, looks like an exact carbon copy with reskinning. It's the same goddamn game, and they're just rehashing it. And then they did the Q and A after the announcement, and it's when things went to shit. A gentleman comes up 
and our asked hero, our, our hero, the, the hero we deserve, not the one we... Not the, the, the red shirt who went right up into the fire. All right, from now on, BlizzCon, stop calling on people wearing red shirts. This has hit you in the past. It's true. This isn't Star Trek where they die first. They come out and they throw themselves screaming at you like a 300 warrior. Yep. And they asked, is this an... Or what did they say? They an was, early April Fool's no, joke. No, no, this is an out of date. Like, yeah, out of date April Fool's joke. And, and I, the applaud that he got for it was ridiculous. And then the Q&A guys went and said, what? Do none of you guys own cell phones? And the booing. The booing is so... Delicious. Just, just, it washes over you with flavor. <laughs> See, the response would be, would be, yeah, that's what we play our bad games on, you know? Yes. So, so... The, 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 the responses they got oh. on their YouTube channels, the dislike ratio was so bad, they locked it out. They lo I think they ended up locking out comments for it. They, they, well, they, they first originally did something even more disgusting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they took down the video and then replaced it with another in hopes that people would still... Then the exact same one, hoping that people would not notice. And then... When the like, when the dislikes were still rolling up, they decided overnight to remove the dislikes manually, because they were going to hit a historical number of dislikes on a video. They were going to make internet history with you know going up there with right of like the most disliked <coughs> comment on Reddit. Um. I, I can't, we, we each gotta take turns. We gotta take, because we all have loaded guns here, and if we shoot right now... Are we all, kidding me? We have a whole armada of this the, shit. The, 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 the recording equipment's just gonna blow up. So, so Drew. So let's, so let's start. Um, uh, how long have, how long have people here been either familiar with Blizzard in, in one form or another? I'm not talking about Activision, because we all know Activision. I want to know how, how, how intimate you are with Blizzard. Personally, never cared for Blizzard. Okay. Well, you're not a PC gamer. That's why. So like, you wouldn't have much stake in the game. You know Activision, though. I know Activision, and I know their practices. So, to be honest, when uh, when I heard Activision was buying Blizzard, I'm like, well, this was actually foreseeable. I saw this one coming from a mile away. So I'm going to swing back then. I've been familiar with Blizzard since the 90s. Um, my stepfather had Diablo, the original Diablo. He had Warcraft 2 and 1. Relatively big PC gamer back then when it, you know, a little, little bit more affordable. Not saying it isn't affordable now, but, you know, it is what it is. Ever-evolving market, ever-evolving technology. speaking. It's all relative. Uh, Starcraft, myself. Uh, I did Starcraft after uh, when my friends started doing it. Diablo 2 when that came out. Um, I played Diablo 2 to death. I, one of my favorite RPGs that I played, Western RPGs, because I'm more of a JRPG individual. Western RPGs have been one of those things that have never really made me feel anything. I don't care enough. I, I, I want my narratives to be effective, and I don't care about you know sandbox experiences. If I want a sandbox experience, I'll play GTA V, where I get more intrinsic value out of it. Nothing like watching Super Mario, bro, Super Mario just destroying all of Vice City. I'm fine with this. That is a that is a fine mod. Um, they've Blizzard isn't as a as a company has always been. We're not releasing something until it is 150 percent perfect. Now I say that with all sarcasm, understanding that mathematically it's impossible. But if you look at their history, 
They will delay something till the until the end of days until they know it is absolutely perfect. <clears throat> Side note. I can my I can admire and appreciate that because nowadays there are too many developers out there that love and that that love to hastily release a product that's unfinished and then try to play you, you know, try to play their customers off as if their their patches are just merely to fix bugs and mistakes when they're just essentially finishing the damn game that they couldn't finish but was oh so not willing to compromise on delaying the damn thing. Anyway, back to you. Now, anybody who went to BlizzCon had the, had a specific expectation. Diablo 3, shockingly, has been out for about five years. Didn't realize that. All of its expansions, etc. And uh, updates. So, a lot of people, when they went into this BlizzCon, had an expectation for the next Diablo. That's what they wanted to hear about. They weren't going in for a, they weren't going in for a mobile game. They wanted an IP. They wanted a new IP. Uh, they wanted the next step in their an IP that they loved. As far as everyone's concerned, StarCraft's tied up. It's all done. They, they, I'm sure they can come up with some more convoluted story if they want to milk it like a cash cow. But with uh, Legacy of the Void, everything's done with that. It's been tied up. All the all the extra side content's been filled out. The story's done. They're working. From what I've heard, the new war, the new World of Warcraft. They're going to be going to that one at some point. I don't know when. But a lot of rumbling state that that should be happening soon because they've released how many expansions for World of Warcraft? We're at ten, aren't we? Something, <clears throat> something like that. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I would have to go into the list, and I, I just don't have that. I just can't. I don't care enough. You don't have to worry about it. No. Um. So they're they're notorious for delaying until things are perfect, and if that were the case, it would be fine. But when when pressed about it, when they were when they brought up the mobile game and everything, they even stated that there was they had no intention of worry of announcing anything for Diablo Four yet or next Diablo, whatever they ended up, whatever they're going to end up calling it, their next Diablo IP, which is which further aggravated their 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 customer base, people who had come out there to see real IP development and conversation, they didn't do anything with it. They revealed a mobile game. A mobile game no one gave a shit about. It was stupid. It was more than stupid. And the fact that they tried, and that there were people in the YouTube sphere who were defending their practices, calling these people entitled babies because they didn't want to hear about a fucking mobile game. Their I response, oh, well, you don't have to play it. You're right. No one has to play any video games. Why are we even here? What is pop culture? Don't you what do have I have phones? to do? Don't you guys have phones? Yes, and I live on my phone. It doesn't yeah, make me feel any better. I think better. the biggest offense was the was Blizzard representative. I think his name was Wyatt Chang, who who was that guy up there who was who made the announcement. Oh, man. Who was that same guy? I felt he, horrible for him. He <laughs> was he directly he directly stated um in an interview that um. That he thinks it's messed up that people are attacking mobile gaming, and that it should be respected, that people aren't giving mobile gaming a chance. Mobile gaming had a fucking chance. No. Mobile gaming was something that even people like Jim Sterling were going, there is potential. I see a future for this as long as they don't turn it into a fucking cash cow. And lo do you see, 
game developers take seeing something that was a possible cash grab and they tried to milk it for all it's worth because of course they did in a market that is largely unregulated it is only natural that something like that was going to be completely um complete completely corrupted we've seen no no we've seen expense expansion discs go down the same route we've seen downloadable content we've seen um season passes special editions all these different types of um ways that could have effectively in all of these saw potential to be wonderful additions to the gaming community or gaming culture as a whole all completely trashed by developers who felt that it was the easiest and most efficient ways to um to profit. It's effectively become a junk food industry. It's cool. easy, it's it's inoffensive, and it's absolutely unfulfilling at all. Yeah, they there's were... no intrinsic value in, in an over now again, in, in video gaming there is no intrinsic value. It's a time vampire. All of them are. But mobile gaming was one of those things where it's just a bag of fucking Doritos. I'm gonna go play Bejeweled for for fucking two, for twenty minutes, and I'm gonna throw my phone, you know, in my back in my backpack, my purse, or on a charger, and I'm done. It's 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 a one and done scenario, two and done scenario where you don't really think about it, and, and it's like when I hear people, when I hear family members go, "Oh, do you play Clash of Clans? I got a really big clan now," and I go, "Why?" And I look at the game and I'm like, why does this look like just a dumbed-down version of Warcraft? Because that's what it is. And, I, and and part of me is heartened. I'm like, that'd be really cool if they went and played this and they went and found something. But that's not how it works. That's like expecting people to, to read Twilight to go and actually read real fiction that isn't stupid. It's not a bridge work like it's supposed to be. It's a junk food that somebody so, that someone consumes and then it's over with. It's stupid. How about you, Phil? We've kind of I've left you quiet. I've queued up my reaction. Pretty much sums it up. Here, I thought you were going to go Jonah J. Jameson from Spider-Man and just laugh. What, are you serious? No, no, no. Um, this is this is a dumb move by Blizzard. Uh, I love the body language of the guy going out there because, oh, man, that guy looked like he was going to get shot. He knew. he had, And he's like, uh, he's hyping himself up. Hey, guys. And you could tell. He's like, and, and, and that I love that. I love the whole look on it. He said, don't you guys have phones? Leave me alone! It was a, it's a dumb move. Because, hey guys, you remember all those great, like, mobile games that really changed how we looked at entertainment and how, like, had great story and, you know, we're, like, you know, we, we just really, like, affected us in our childhood. And, I mean, I remember, you remember Snake? That was a, one of the first ever mobile games, you know? That real, the, the storyline for it. You know, eating the little dots and everything. It's nope. a dumb move. It's a dumb move by a company that is progressively getting dumber. It's all about the parent company. And I'm sure Orlando's going to say that. Come on. Sure. Damn right it say, is. Say it. Because as fun, as fun as it is to go and screw over one IP, how do you, how do you make this even worse? Screw over another. Because guess what? This isn't even the biggest fuck-up they've done so far. So, 
Let's go, and I know nobody is going to be interested in this. Only the hardcore shooter fans will. So, we're going to move on to Call of Duty Black Ops 4, where they had a, I would say, a relatively impressive sales of, in the first three days when the game came out, they made half a billion dollars in sales. This was before my... What a failure! What a (gasps) pathetic excuse for a game. Half a billion dollars! My goodness, how did that? How did that even get approved? Ha! Huh. that's exactly that. That is most likely the best dramatization we had of the legitimate response that the shareholders had when they heard this news. The shareholders actually hated and were disappointed by the five hundred million dollars they made in just three fucking days. I I I would just I burn it. I'd throw it out of my office. I'd bring everyone in, make sure they're working quadruple crunch time, and then I'd just, I'd murder their families. Half, half a billion dollars. Why? If you came to me with a billion dollars, I would set your village on fire for the insult. This is only the perfect example on just how, at least this is one peaking example of how, how, how much of a shadow uh, the game industry has become. And we can argue that the 80s had it much, much worse. But at least back then, they weren't as blatantly as stupid as what they are doing now. Oh, I'm pretty sure Activision Blizzard is run by M. Bison now. I'm fine like, with this. It's like until he gets Master a, Bison. Until he gets his billion, billion bison don't dollars. Take pollution down to zero. Uh, when I went and destroyed all of all of uh, Diablo for you, it was the first day. For me, it was merely Tuesday. <laughs> Makes sense. I appreciate it. the values there. Now I miss Raul Julia. We all miss Raul Julia. Game over. As God. soon as he burns down the building, <laughs> only watchable part of that movie. Only watchable part. Yeah, yeah. But either way, you're right. That it is. It has become a almost super villainly, comically stupid thing. Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, and BlizzCon is like Drew has been saying. That is the that's their hype platform. You have fans in the building. You have people who already want like Blizzard stuff. These are people who paid money to come in here. You have a built-in crowd, and when the crowd that you brought in who paid money, who already love you, boos you. Boos you badly. Boos you bad. It is time to take a good, cold, hard look at what you're doing as a company and start fixing stuff before you go down. No one's buying this. Look, look, let's understand Let's understand it here. But that's the worst part of it is, Phil. People are going to buy it. Nobody. My... I defy you, and I will say that they will. Every single... And here's the thing. There are people that love to say that boycotting companies, boycotting games, does nothing. But the problem is is that the reason why this fails is that people do buy the games regardless. And the reason why they buy regardless is because they don't want to see those franchises die. And here's the problem. And take it from the guy who, you know, bought Dynasty Warriors 9... It was one of the biggest shit games of all fucking time. I would rather watch this. I would rather watch that company die than to create more shit like that. I would rather personally watch Koei Tecmo burn to the fucking ground than to create another shit fest like Dynasty Warriors Nine. If they continue to bring out shit like they do, 
But if they continue such shit practices, which, by the way, Warriors Orochi 4, before it was announced, already had the fucking DLC and season passes ready to go. They're pulling. They're the Japanese Activision Blizzard. And what is Activision Blizzard doing? They did the same fucking thing. They announced that Black Ops 4 was not going to have microtransactions. They snuck it in a week after its launch. A week! So that when reviewers got the game, when reviewers got the copy, you know, got review copies of the game, they could say, doesn't have microtransactions. A week later, put that shit in, the videos are out, they're saying it doesn't have it. They get bamboozled. To put it mildly, as Orlando would <laughs> want to do, um, if Activision Blizzard were to send us free games, I would just go on YouTube and burn them at this point. Well, you have to. It's it's so much more uh, nefarious. You even said it yourself. It's almost supervillainry at this point. It, like it, they would have been better. They would have been better served if they walked out on that Q and A with super soakers filled with piss and just shot it in the crowd for all the value. And I know that seems a little heavy handed to I'm view it like that. Like that. Yes, it's called guar. But at least there's value <laughs> there. Well, actually, no. At least there's music there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, it, it's the truth. The truth of the matter is, if the Q and A guy came in in that steel trap mask and walked out and just started just giving everybody the fucking golden shower, at least, at least, there's something of value there. What what it comes down to is this: is that uh, Blizzard, yeah, some people, Activision Blizzard that. has found itself in a terrifying place. I mean, they're in a place now where I mean, their main games are. Ba- are, are games that have to keep being these money siphons because for some reason you know just buying the game and beating records isn't enough you they have to have you know uh, the it has whole... to be a fucking it has to be a leech attached to the yeah, arm of the it consumer has to be a world of siphoning shit off where of was them it? all that's the time still 15 something bucks a month yeah all right so it has to be it's 15 bucks a month and then like once every year or two another 60 something to let's be honest 70 or 80 for like you get your super awesome uh, double mollusk mount <clears throat> rainbow surprise cake, and it's the that's the thing. You it's either that does it or it's um, God. I can't remember the name of this shooter. It's so out of vogue now. Are you talking about Destiny? No, not of oh, Des- Destiny. Is it Destiny is a rotting corpse that they're just like patching on skin grafts to. Um, uh, what is it? Oh, it's the one that came out with the hamster in it recently. Oh, Overwatch. Over, overreach. Yeah, uh, reach, reach around. So reach around is like a game where they're trying to go and sell people on it. Like I, I have that game, and thank God they're smart enough not to be releasing their characters as DLC. But like, yo, well, it's, it's murdered. prize boxes and stuff. Let me tell you this. Yeah, the skins are part of the game and all that, but I just don't care. If I get something interesting, cool. Will I ever use it? Maybe. Yeah. That I just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's, but that isn't for us specifically. It's for they're, those they're who are enticed. The whales. Pa- yeah. No, they're they're not okay. That's a common misconception. They're not aiming for whales. They're trying to turn people into whales. For people who they're don't know, a whale is a majority spender in any given IP. Somebody who puts hundreds of thousands of dollars into a game or a product or something to continuously or, get high value for. Or them. let's also put it honestly out there, some poor child 
who doesn't really understand what's doing this, and then went and racked up on mommy and daddy's credit card two to three hundred dollar charges oh, on yeah. it because they don't understand what's happening, and they know that's a possibility with their games, and they do nothing to stop it. Well, no, they do minimal to stop it. They they do the bare minimum necessary, you know, required because, by law because they know that the people who find them. If they, if they find them in time, can dispute the claims with their credit card company and have it overturned. The ones that don't, sucks to be you. Yeah. Should, should have been paying attention to your child. Why why is your credit card attached to that game? Oh, well, we need the credit card to do this. Sorry. Ain't, yeah. shit, ain't shit we can do about it. Thanks yeah. for the money. Yeah. Well, enjoy your skins. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, nah, it's more like enjoy your spray paints. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> skins, yeah. spray paints, new the, fucking The one puds. part... The one part on your left glove <laughs> now that is now metallic purple. Yeah, Destiny doesn't need to be talked about. Destiny is a freaking is a dead horse that's beat itself. I'm not even a sports fan, but FIFA has it worse. They've been doing this shit for years. They've been doing this shit for years. There was a report of a man who in Europe. So this is with the under the new uh, under the new law. They had they had EA. Um, relinquish all his transactions over the past four over the past uh two years, and it turned out he spent over sixteen thousand euros. Oh yeah, that's that's some serious cash. I heard about that. That is freaking ridiculous. In only two years, and just in microtransactions alone, just for FIFA, you get like an actual football player for that. I mean, at that uh, point, that would have been nice. Well. Like, but like, I'd at least want someone. I want a return in my investment if I'm gonna get a. If I I'm gonna spend that much money. Yeah, I want something from Manchester United to at least come by and give me a beer. <laughs> have a beer, shoot some shit for a bit. That that take, I'd be like, wow, money, the, money well spent. Hell no, I'd rather be the manager like of a that. goddamn world class soccer team for spending sixteen thousand euros. Why not? Well, but the problem, the, the exciting part is, is a lot of the European countries are starting to f- flash back against this practice. Oh yes. gosh, was it Belgium? Guys, I think Belgium was the this. starting role because EA refused, no, EA refused to remove their uh, their coveted loot boxes from uh, NBA Two K nineteen, and because of it, Belgium um, uh, is going on. Is undergoing an investi- a criminal investigation against EA, while EA is begging all of its 2K customers in Belgium to call up the to call up uh their um their their, their governments yeah. to uh <laughs> you know say to demand them that they want this sort of system in their game, and I'm just like I like that shows first off. I like to say we've already segued into the politicization of hobbies and pastimes. So we're already on the next topic. We we surprisingly enough, Activision Blizzard EA just meant us right into politics. Uh, at one, that shows a blinding misunderstanding of European politics. Like even in America, it's like go and call your senator and tell them that you demand to to be gouged. You demand it. You're not happy until you put a bullet-sized hole in your foot that's bleeding. I want a rifle butt right on my face. If it I is. don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that is our new uh, $29.99 rifle butt face download. It comes with a rifle butt face. It comes with two new tags, a spray, and you can pretend you're a panda, and we won't stop you. <laughs> Go ahead. Live the dream. This is the American dream. This is why we are respected throughout the world. (laughs) 
Because we come up with such innovative and just... To steal from each other. Revolutionizing now, ideas. Now we're, now we're talking about shit that's going to get real intriguing. Yes. We, so, we've been pushing off, and I mean, the, the police with the blizzard thing, there was, some, there was some mutual vitriol and piss. This one I have to actually stoke, because a lot of people were confused when I, when I put this down in the subject line. Politicization of, of hobbies, etc. With, with the current political climate in America, and the, current, the political climate since 2016, and even before then for a little bit, Things have been really, really polarizing for no specific reason. And what's been really the bigger headache for me, specifically, is that it bleeds into things that I do for fun, for stress relief, for disconnecting from this reality for a bit. And I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't think it's even remotely necessary. And I don't want to give it any more credence than it needs to, but it needs to be brought up. I don't have to pick a fucking side to like a game. I don't have to pick a side to enjoy a hobby. If you put me on the spot and ask me to do that, I not only will tell you to fuck off, I will walk away. It's just not going to happen. The old fuck away. Here, I thought you would just throw somebody through your wall just for fun. But alright, you do you. You go Foundations ahead. Foundations take money to replace. I am not spending money to pour fresh concrete for this shit. Nope. But, but the At least you is... think logically. I'd, I'd definitely throw you somebody through my wall. You know what I'm happy about? What? I'm happy about, given the, the political climate we're in and the nonsense. nonsense we have not, we've been overdue for one, and I'm glad we're, it hasn't happened, but one of those good old fashioned satanic panics. Where they go and say that video games and D and D and all this is the work of the devil. No, what they're oh, doing no, is no. That's because Jack Thompson is now officially dead. But hey, what do we know? And also, they've done something more, but more benign, but much more um, malevolent. They're still they're still touting the violence and video violence because of video games narrative, which is hilarious. which is dumb because anybody with two two brain cells that can smack together can go that's bullshit. <laughs> And if anything, it's an outlet for violence. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, getting getting out my aggression so I can continue going to work at a job. And I, I want to put hate. that out there. Let's just look at Japan. Have you seen any of these visual novels and stuff? Like some of the stuff that's in that is stomach turningly violent and creepy. Yeah, good and for them. Japan isn't having people shoot each other every five seconds. Their murder no, their murder crime rate compared to the U.S. is negligible at the at and that's that at best um but do keep in mind of the cultures between the two nations where violence in japan and that's extremely weird to say um is is horrifying like it's almost taboo compared to that of the u.s the u.s <laughs> is so numb to violence nowadays where we now see a school shooting says something that happens every tuesday <laughs> For M. Bison, it was only Tuesday when he shot your school. And I was, th and I thanked M. Bison for that one. <laughs> uh, well, first off, I'd like to blame Florida for most everything. Florida Man! Florida Man is our personal superhero here at the podcast. Uh, you can find him on the internet. Uh, he does things that someone find someone find like biologically impossible. You'll see him with a gator triangle all over his shirt. Uh, he is also accompanied by Florida Woman, who also does things that are so terrifying, um, they would, Cthulhu himself would 
turn inside out and run away with Dagon in his own little boots. <laughs> oh, God, humanity. It's just a problem. The, this this constant need to, you know, whose, whose side are you on? I, I, I feel compelled to say nobody's side. And it's and it, and it may feel reflexive to the to the question being asked, but the camaraderie for me is tertiary to me enjoying the game one, and me being able to just enjoy my personal time too, and and, and those two are pretty much neck and neck. Uh, so if I'm a Republican or a Democrat, does not fall under the fucking jurisdiction of the shit that I'm doing. Drew, you got to bring it up because, like we said, like you were telling me earlier, I don't. Okay, I want you to understand something, and, and this is integral to me specifically, and, and, and I'm not going to speak for anybody else in the group. Everybody has their own viewpoints. Agree or disagree with me. What you are, who you represent yourself as, what your identity is, gender, etc., is yours. Own it. Live with it. Love it. I accept it. Do not make my entire night about it. I have no interest in hearing about it beyond what you tell me. If it's something that you feel is integral to... Our conversation for that moment, I will I, I will acknowledge it. I will give it its due diligence. We continue on with the evening because I'm trying to have a good time in most cases, or have a conversation that will lead to something more cerebral. I don't want to know any more than that. We're not trying to go to war here. <clears throat> We're just trying to have what used to be considered a an intelligent adult conversation unfortunately our country is such degre is degrading in such values in which every we can say just about one thing and all of a sudden we want to go to war with one another we're a very warlike people apparently the yeah. problem is is all is the generations as a whole are passive aggressive so the next civil war is just going to be passive aggressive sniping and maybe some violence i don't know with a but, sarcasm. But like you, like you said, is like it, 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 it applies to everything as far as yes. I'm concerned. You, you have your pulpit, and you have your thing you want to say and everything, but like, you don't make my night about it. No, because that's the thing. We're 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 out to we're out to do things. We 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 all have stuff we have to do to get to make a living. Well, <laughs> we have to do to get by. We are not. We do. You know, if you have if you have the desire to make to make everyone else's night. About going to um, go going over your politics, your religion, your your gender, or anything like if that's just that, go find a support group because obviously they exist. Not, there, not, there is no such thing as the Church of the Florida Man. I tried to find it. Nobody will agree. I don't want. I don't want to find it. I don't want to know it exists. I don't want to be adjacent to it. Boy, I, are you guys gonna be surprised next year? Um, but oh, anyway, I, hope. I, I want preferential treatment if you're making it. I'm not making it. I'm just saying, as as you all know, I'm from the future. Um, but anyway, um, like your I continuity said, is more <laughs> fucked up than signed to hedgehogs. Yeah, the funny thing you should see the fan art. Um, After like the last time I saw a vestigial twin just jutting out of the side of his body, I kind of just stopped. Get to the core. Um, yeah, so honestly, that's the thing. Politics, all this stuff, if you need to go rant about it, go find a support group. Forums uh, exist. You can go are, elsewhere. We're here to hang, we're here to have fun, and we're here to go to the to number seven on our list. Oh, goody. Detective Pikachus. Ah, uh, Detective Pikachu. It's the one thing I didn't think I wanted, and I didn't know I wanted it. What was that line from, uh, from Dragon Ball Abridged? Never in my life. Never in my life did I ever want something that I knew what... 
I knew that I won't. Ah, oh, damn it, I screwed it up. You sure did. You've killed us all! <laughs> Never in my life did I want something that I. Uh, I swear I should have memorized that. Never in my line. life did I know that I want something that I didn't know I wanted until now. All about right? Yeah. All these squares make a circle. Um. Anywho. It, it's it's the thing we it's the, it's not the thing we asked for, but it's the thing we got and we wanted it. So I want to bring up, I, I want to bring up something. One that <clears throat> makes me very sad because neither of you have seen Blade Runner. I'm sorry. And from what I saw, Detective Pikachu, there were some weird Blade Runner coincidences. I hope I'm not the only one who caught, caught this. It's like when they're they're in like the weird night food market and like the shadows and stuff over the. It's got a real film noir vibe for Pokemon. Pokemon noir. You it's know what? everything That's Phil good. wanted. That's good. Because... I didn't know I cared about this. <laughs> I'm glad you do. I want to see this movie. I I'm not a big Pokemon fan. I'm not even a slight Pokemon fan. I want to see Ryan Reynolds' Detective Pikachu. Actually, I was going more towards Danny DeVito. Everyone Pikachu. wants Danny DeVito, but I, I wanted Danny no, DeVito, uh, too. Uh, only if it was literally Danny DeVito naked, painted yellow. <laughs> I got electricity! <laughs> yeah, but that interview shot it that's, down. What the fuck is a Pikachu? <laughs> that's every goddamn day for him, though. I I've think watched it was just I watch too much It's Always Sunny, and I would love, I mean, like, that's the only reason. The entire time, he's got to be naked, painted yellow with, like, this weird zigzag tail on, on him, and he's just walking around talking. And it has to be a butt plug, because it has, if we're going to go full, we're going to go full measure here. Ba basically, Danny DeVito, come and call us, we're going we're gonna to do this movie right from now on. Hell no, I would rather replace Goins Pikachu, I'd rather see him be a Pygmalion from Hercules. <laughs> Oh, you mean Philoctetes? Yes. First off, yeah. I sorry, I for I I screwed up the name. I'm sorry. I haven't What's seen that movie like, in years. You got the same like era and like thing right. So <laughs> I'm like, you're in the right, you're in the right zone, because like Pygmalion and all that, that is Greek mythology. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you full credit for this. You you graduate. Yeah. Congratulations. I passed with a D minus. What do you know? Like now you else. two can join the Florida Man Corps. Florida Man. I have five gators stuck in my ass. <laughs> it's like it's it's He Man. It's it's Florida Man and the Masters of the Everglades. <laughs> Skeletor is just an old man across the street selling crack for bears. <laughs> He used to have a face, but it was ripped off by Florida Man from one of his many adventures. This is degenerated, but it's... Wait, what is there to say about Detective Pikachu? Except for, like, wow, I didn't know I wanted this, and how awesome, and Look, you gained my money. And, and Jigglypuff has hair. Good for me. Jigglypuff is at a karaoke bar. Mr. Mime is a freak of nightmares, and I love it! <laughs> That's what I want. I love what like I Ryan for. Reynolds. It's like pointing is like, I know you can't understand me. He's pointing at tail, but I will electrocute you. And he's talking, and it's just so good. And, no, and no, the I girls prefer... are talking peek, peek, peek. That's the part I love. I was like, I think you're cute too. They <laughs> <laughs> don't understand me, kid. <laughs> and I'm like, this is it's so good. It's so good, and it has some true film noir kicks in the back of it. I mean, I. It's, I think it's going to be a good movie. Now that you keep mentioning it, um, I keep thinking of Dick Tracy as... Yeah, um, exactly. Like the shadow play. You know, 
Like, there's a how much poke scenes in Pokemon do you see at night? And like minimal, and like sixty, seventy, maybe eighty percent of what we saw of Detective Pikachu took place at night. Okay, like the there was one exist. moment in which you had a slight film noir moment, and we never saw it again. And I'm okay with it, only because as a text-based RPG game, you're not going to create such a good a good setting of it there. Yeah, there's, there's things you can't, but like for this. For a for a series that is normally candy coated rainbows, you have them interrogating a Mister Mime. You you have it like he's he's the son of a police detective or something, and Pikachu has the Sherlock Holmes. Okay, who was I forget the name of the detective that spoke with the protagonist in the movie. I forget his name. It, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a looker, was it? No. Okay, that'd be really nice if they brought Wilker into it. Oh, well. No, no, no. And also, for you guys... Well, they're already calling into that shit, so it isn't like you couldn't dig in. I would appreciate it, just because Looker appears everywhere, out of nowhere. Well, that's what I meant about, you know, but... (sighs) Sorry. I, do, way, I feel like I derailed you. Uh, we all want. No, we all want to see this movie. <clears throat> we do. Yes, I want to be you guys, high as a kite when I watch it. Okay, you guys watch it. You want to watch it because it, you, it seems like it's going to be a really good movie. I think it's going to be shit, but in all the right ways. If that makes it's any gonna sense, be, it's going to be canned. It's going to be popcorn. Okay, it's a popcorn so, so either way, it's a Ryan we're Reynolds getting, movie. We're getting value out of it no matter what. It's yes. like watching the old are, AVP are, movies from are we getting, from the mid two thousand. Are we getting Deadpool or are we getting? Green Lantern. Uh, I'm going to say right in the middle. We're going to get right in the middle. Blade 3? Blade 2. Yeah. He wasn't... Ryan Reynolds wasn't in Blade 2. Yes, he was. He no. debuted in that movie. No, no in the first Blade. Blade, he wasn't. In the second Blade, he was. Ryan Reynolds was not in the second Blade. You both have phones. Figure it out. Uh, all right, dude. Blade... Uh, <clears throat> we're gonna, Blade 1, it is, it is uh, Blade and Whistler uh, versus Deacon Frost. Blade 2 is Blade going to... Europe to go and recover Whistler and to fight Nomak and the old ones of Europe. Blade 3 is Blade is on his own. Whistler is kind of long gone, but uh, Whistler's daughter and Ryan Reynolds go and rescue Blade at one point. I, I've i seen these movies way too many times. I don't I've never know. seen any of them. It, 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 you I just see... scare the crap out of me sometimes, man. I'm glad. That is... I'm going to continue not watching Blade, One or Blade Runner or Logan's Run or any of that. Okay, first off, yeah, you should see both. Um, That's yeah. right. And I won't. Just okay, I stand corrected. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump at you. No, 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 like, by all means. I was just wanting to confirm, because I could have sworn, but my, I... I, because I must have blended the two movies, then. <laughs> because I my vampiric knowledge is... Way more than it has. I have any real reason to have it, but yeah, I mean, it's. I want to see. I want to see Pikachu. I'm think. So you're 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 thinking we might get a Blade Three level movie. Yeah. Not the best because he doesn't have to go all out for something like this. Because isn't this supposed to be a kids movie? It is. Question mark. I, at least so I hope backslash. it's supposed to be a kids movie honestly, because why they need to go extra it, dark with this? Pokemon's always had extra no, had dark tones, and those are usually put no, tucked in the dark in the back for those who are curious curious enough to go yeah, and explore it. When Pokemon came out, like you know, I was a kid, and a lot of people around my age. So the people who now would be seeing it, who were originally with Pokemon, are in their mid thirties. They probably taken their kids to see this. I think there's going to be a lot there for adults, for like a, a more sophisticated humor. 
This is not going to be Deadpool. Although I would really love to see Pikachu just electrify to death a bunch of people for no reason. And, you know, it would be great. There's always a director's cut when they release it on DVD. You never know. We haven't been good enough to deserve it, but we didn't deserve Keyforge either. No, it's the game we need. It's the game that self-contained microcosm that we needed. Uh, so I think we're good, everyone. Oh yeah, for their subjects. Now we just go freeform and everything falls to shit. I'm All ready. Right. Well, I have to take off for a second, so please say terrible things about me behind my back. I was hoping to do that. I mean, we'll we'll wait until you're at least out of view before we start. I think that's. I'm that. not. You suck. Damn it. <laughs> I feels. I've never seen a human being take up so much space and none of it is of value. <laughs> yeah, you don't have a lot of mirrors around here. That's for the better, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to take that one. I love it. That was so beautiful. <laughs> so dark and destructive. He asked for something. I had to give him what he asked for. <sighs> oh, man. That being said... Now that, now that the traditional gamer has stepped away for the moment, we can nerd out a little more about the video games. I'm not going to. I'm just saying we can. Because I have nothing I'm looking forward to at this point other than Smash. I was hoping at some point that the, the Dragon Quest games would come out for the Switch, but I just don't care anymore. So yeah, my my narrow my view is narrowed to a fine point. I have a... I have a um, <clears throat> Battle Princess Madeline, which is coming out, which I back kickstarted, so I should be getting the digital and physical copy of that in the is, next two next year or two. Is that the spiritual successor or the spiritual? Um, I mean, it looks like Ghosts and Goblins. Right? Yes. Oh, I'm it's gonna try that one. Out. It's gonna be fun. I have the digital copy. I'm going for the Switch, and then the physical copy is for the PS4 because I couldn't change it later because they didn't really no, have the opportunity no it's all right i mean at least it's, it, it sounds like it's going to be a really good game I'm, I'm that's what i'm hoping for and then i'm kickstarting another game unfortunately i don't have any of the information in front of me otherwise i would push plug it because the more people back this the more stretch goals happen and i get my then the swift then the switch copy comes out for it earlier it's supposed to be like a a, a call up to legend of zelda that isn't 8-bit dot heroes so the last one? it's all yours, dude. Thank you. It's not like, and, but it's the same. It's more like uh, Link to the Past uh, graphics. Oh, I was really, gonna say really I thought cool. it was gonna be like it'll do or something. Uh, no, it's um, <clears throat> I don't even know that. I can't even tell you what the name is off the top of my head. A lot of this stuff, when I go and kickstart it, I look into it, I research it, and then I just forget about it, which is probably to my detriment with a lot of this stuff. But when when you have a Kickstarter like that and it's already sitting, it's already blown past its goal in like uh, under a week. And it's work creeping towards stretch goals. You're just like, I should jump on this while I can. Because why the hell not? It's going to come out in 2020, but tell me, if I'm still alive, I got a game I can play when it comes out. Just like with Madeline. I backed that in 2016. It took him that long to build the game, which I was happy it took that long to build the game. Because that's what I wanted to do, take the time to build the game. There, that's, that's a topic we can need to talk about. I mean, I, we did brush it up earlier this evening. Um... Yes, let's go back to what you were talking about. Definitely, I agree. No, no, really. It's actually a really good thing. Complete games. Yes. Remember when we used to remember when we used to have an era whether good or bad games were used to be released completed? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Damn right, and better Pepperidge Farm better fucking remember. And 
Because I'm getting sick and tired of this idea that game developers should... Their only excuse for releasing games early is doing? because they want their... They want their customers to get the game as soon as possible. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I've done, but I've I've made like some sort of volcano experiment out of a can of RC cherry. You just start bubbling. I thought maybe you shook it on accident, but it would have exploded, and it, it didn't. It's like, bubbling up like you called it from the depths. Or like any can of tab. And people who drink tab should know tab never stops bubbling. Ever. Nope. Ever. Never knew that. I also yeah. don't drink Tad. It's actually pretty good for a diet soda. Fucking horrible. I've had it before. Unless they've changed the formula, which would be nice. But the Tab I've had, uh, might as well been a Tab on a computer. <clears throat> this Dude. is flavorless. Um, complete games. Um, yes. Since we're at the freeform part of things and we've gotten past all the subjects, well, let's, see. let's devolve into debauchery and sin. I mean, constructive uh, conversation. Red Dead uh, Revolver 3. Uh, I haven't gotten to play it. I hear that's a complete game. You mean Red Dead Redemption? Or Red Dead Revolver 3, for those of us who played Red Dead Revolver. <laughs> okay. Whatever you want to call it, man. Whatever whatever, whatever gets your hype up. Yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but good about it. Yeah. Most of the people who play, the, play those kind of games with those kind of themes and those kind of thought processes, they're like, it's a great game. Uh, cool. The Witcher. <laughs> Witcher's still a good Witcher game. Oh, God. I'm so waiting for the Cyberpunk game. Uh, you and everyone else. You and everyone else here. It's weird because, like, I know the... I, it's It has so much to do with the actual tabletop RPG. And it's just such a visualization of beauty. And uh, I could just go on for a while, but I'm just going to wait for it to come out on PC. As all games should come out on PC as well. It's, it's talking to you, Red Dead Revolver 3. You, you good? You get out of your system? Mm, yeah, a little bit. It's okay, child. <laughs> when will they realize our superiority? When you stop talking about it. And then it will never happen. You're That's too very true. We can't. You're too pretentious for it. PC. I don't yeah. Care. I don't care enough. Frames per second for some reason. We care about that. I will intentionally play Candy Crush on my PC because I hate you all. That's yeah. okay. I'll do you one better and do Minesweeper instead. Minesweeper. There's some value there. Yeah, Solitaire, work. Minesweeper, Chips Challenge, and PC. that one one pinball game you got access to. Galaxy Pinball! Yep. When you didn't have internet. Didn't ask for it, but it's there and I'm happy. It's, 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 it's better than bad, it's good. Um. Yeah, complete games. Uh, the complete games that come out are pretty much everyone can agree. It's... There's, there, it's now such a rarity that like they're considered genius just co for coming out complete. Yes, we re we reward mediocrity because unfortunately, we are so oversaturated with incomplete crap, which is disappointing, to say the least. Well, it is. You vote with your dollar, and a lot of people buy crap, incomplete crap games. And, and the reason they do it, like I mentioned before, is because many many people fear. Of losing said company or developer, and and ultimately losing said IP, and honestly, they're justified in thinking that because look at what happens with um, EA, everything that they touch dies. They are they are like the Grim Reaper if the Grim Reaper like to make ba make basketball games. But what is better to allow an IP to be completely tainted by a company like E the like EA, 
or just letting the damn series die so that it's no longer destroyed. Right. It depends on how much you believe in the concept of finality. I remember it, nothing, when EA was just a regular games. Like, yeah, when they were like, just making sports games and some off games. I was fine with them being where they, they were. They some good stuff. Def Jam Vendetta. No, Fight for New York. They actually made some decent games back in the oh, day. Oh, God, that was crazy. And it, and it, what ends up happening is they saw they saw they were making money and they're like you know I have a good idea let's make shitloads of money, and then and to be fair any good business does that you want to develop you want to grow and I and I do but, want to point that out but strategically speaking their history has never been one that's been in their favor after a certain point in their in their life lifespan they're consistently every year one of the worst fucking companies. In, 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 in like there are awards for it, and, and they get shit on constantly for reason for obvious reasons, and there there comes a point where either they they've they've obviously they've become meme worthy where they're self aware and they don't care anymore. They're gonna do what they do. Their customer they've they've clearly clearly resigned themselves to the fact that whatever customers are we have, they're gonna buy it no matter what. That's and not entirely <laughs> true because otherwise they would have kept um Star Wars Battlefield Front the Battlefront two, um, the same the, the same loot box disaster of a game it it was before, but they re but they rebalanced it after the huge backlash. Yeah, and and I understand that. But that's one situation out of how many. They can make all the adjustments they want. Is it really going to fix their litany of sins that they've already set forth? No, absolutely. Absol you're absolutely right. And and I would 100% agree with you. If they didn't keep pushing the whole Battlefront to uh, rebalancing up in everyone's face they constantly try to do that because they do care about their image somewhat they want people to they want people to sympathize with them and let them see that what they're doing is a good thing while doing all these shitty shady practices behind their backs except when it comes to fifa apparently they're extremely adamant about that that in nba whatever whatever they're gonna do me i would like to chime in on this um, one, I mean, and we were making fun of, you know, fun of them for, like, you know, considering a game that isn't, you know, billions of dollars on the first day of failure. We, and it's true. It's, 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 it's a weird sense of loss of scope. But a business's job is to make money. It's to go and appease its stockholders and all that. Uh, we are in a weird sort of thing because <clears throat> this is the business of entertainment, and it's also something that we have been striving to get some legitimacy for that a lot of us, I mean, a lot of us think of, uh, of uh, video games as art. You know, I would, I would say that if you are a true fan of it, you tend to think of it as art. Because there are things you've seen in video games that have, have moved you on an emotional level. Um, mostly RPGs, I'd have to say. I don't know if I'm the only one who said but I mean, there, there's points. And Drew, I mean... There's some tear jerking moments in RP in JRPGs. Yeah. You know, there are some people like it builds characters, you know, they go through things, you see change and growth and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's like reading a novel except for it's, you know, interactive to a point. You know, I mean it's a thing. It's like we go and we f we get emotionally attached to art. Yeah. So when people start trying to make, you know, be callous about it, with, you know, making money, making money, making money, 
we can tend to get a little offended by it because it is it, it's a, it's a, it's a callous thing but it's we have to understand is that like the original intention of video games was kind of just as a distraction it was like something for the kids you know, it's evolved into a bunch of weird things. It was for adults, or actually, no, you're Sorry. you're kind of yeah. wrong. It was for adults. You, you, you were correct. The arcade okay. scene was actually businessmen and people coming from their nine to five jobs you, to burn off steam. It didn't become a home. You are, you are correct. I, I misspoke. No, no worries. No, you're, you're, that's you're, a common misconception. Yeah. You're not wrong. No, but I I remember. I mean, if we have the generalization of adult, so many adults nowadays who think that things like video games are for kids, for instance, and are like, no, it's a medium of entertainment, and let's get this out of the way. Entertainment has been something that was catered for adults first, and then yeah. popularized for kids. All entertainment originally was for adults before it became for kids. Let's face it, that's just, it's just storytelling, things, that, and the from, other. From, from, absolutely. Yeah, from, from oral story, no, from... From oral storytelling <clears throat> to written storytelling to to improv to theater to cinema, it all the yeah. it all it all originally begun begun as a form of entertainment for adults. Hell, even cartoons where now where it is so popularized as the idea that it is strictly for kids began as a form of adult entertainment. Yeah. And there are still adult even from that even from those eras. Um, cartoons that are specifically with, like there's no way in hell you would ever show the kids. Uh, Betty Boop. <laughs> like, who, uh, yes. what is that about for children? Come on, that is try pre the no, pre Betty Boop when she what when she had that other dude from the Flesher era of cartoons. I forget his name. I know what you're talking about. The the Flesher. Yeah, but yeah, it's true. It it, it is. It's an entertainment, and you know. Uh, especially for a lot of us who in our form when it became kids things in our formative years we played the we played these games and so we got attached to them because you know we learned things of drama and stuff about them and now to see people be so callous about it i can understand why there are issues here's the thing and keep in mind i mean i do have an artistic sense of an artistic percent of view when it comes to most things. I don't see that for games. Now, for me, it's just purely entertainment. So when I look at something like RPGs, I do find fun in them, but I don't see them as an artist, artistic masterpieces, at least not for, for the most part. I, pre I prefer just playing the game and 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 just enjoying myself with them and I've always had that mentality that's why I can see platformers for instance as the way as that form of art that you're talking about only because I have that simple mentality of just enjoying the game as it stands rather than seeing it in a deeper in a deeper uh metaphor metaphor I mean that's a th it's it's understandable, but you know it's a thing. I, I actually I actually envy you for having a the, the raw simplistic viewpoint that you have, mm -hmm. where you don't need all of these sanguinary entanglements to make something entertaining for you. Something I is just stupid. I envy you. <laughs> no, no, no. it's true. Uh, you, I would have to say Final Fantasy Eight. Yes. Oh yeah, I know that. For you, uh, oddly enough, for me, uh, original Sukaden. 
There's no secret in it, okay? Oh my, talk about, like, the drama of that. I don't, for those, there's a lot who haven't played it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's about, you know, this, it starts off with this young man who is part of this empire and everything's going fine for him. And then he's sent off to do something and just through the horrible vacillations of fate ends up inheriting something cursed that while he still goes and triumphs, it slowly strips away everything from him that he loves. And then he has to live with the fact that not only is that the case, he's now going to be immortal and he's going to outlive everyone he loves. It is a, a sorrowful tale. It is. Sounds amazing. Sounds delightful. And, I mean, as, you know, there's... That's one fun. of the things that I do find so... I, one of the things that I find admirable about gamers that have such tastes. It's incredible to see that you can you can find... You're... How to say it? Okay. You are essentially a gamer that has such refined taste that... It takes, um, it takes someone of a high, um, quality, uh, it takes someone with high, with a, an extreme amount of complexity to, uh, to, well, the lack of words, to tickle your fancy. I guess what you're saying. Um, and it, but I mean, it's also, I, it also, I, I don't play a lot of games anymore, you know, that's the truth of it, because like, you know, when you go and you are played some of, you know, Squaresoft back in the day before they became Square Enix, some of the most amazing tales they came out with, you know, and it's nowadays, or playing some of the stuff like, uh, Persona, when that first, when that first came out. That game just blew my mind, and it's now seeing what it is. It's very different. I think it's. I think what ends up happening, and it's something that I try to avoid in in my daily life now because I don't play video games as much anymore. Is you're trying to hook into into a feeling that you had from a gaming experience, and what you do is any gaming experience that you have in that IP or in that genre has to parallel what you experienced before. And it can diminish the value of the game as a whole. Like, I played Persona. Like, I played through the first day of Persona, and I thought it was an interesting game. But I don't... I'm not willing to invest any further into it. I don't... I, 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 the, what ends up happening for me is I look at it, and I go, I will not be able to give this game its due diligence. I cannot play it the way it wants to be played. And that's, and that's on me, because any game can be played however you want to play it. You derive the value out of it. But when you see, you know, reviews for games where it's like Breath of the Wild, you can invest a hundred plus hours in the game and never fucking finish the narrative itself, the main narrative, if you don't want to. And that is totally true. I have already <laughs> done so. I bought The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild less than two weeks ago. I've put in over 150 hours in it already. Um, I have, n I am nowhere near finished to close finishing the game, and I have, and keep in mind this, 
before the game was even released, and I had discussed it with Drew, I was, I was extremely skeptical, and I felt that I was going to hate this game. And I couldn't be any more wrong, and I'm pleasantly wrong about it, because it is an absolute joy for me to play this game. Now, the first four hours, fuck the first four hours, maybe because I am just terrible with open world games, but when it came to Breath of the Wild, that open tutorial part of the game is absolute crap, because finding those first four shrines is, well, it took me about four hours to do it. Call me shit, but it took me that long, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna hate this game. You're bad at games and should feel bad about it. Exactly, pretty much. And that's why I don't go for open world games, and that's why I is stupid. I don't go for the complicated games. Just give me give me back the games with the mushroom filler. Let me jump over the mushrooms and the turtles. You get long for something simplistic. And that's I'm why I don't like that. cricket. Yeah, true. It's one of the reasons why I like slaughtering thousands upon thousands of human beings as well. You, nothing needs to be overly complicated. And then they made it incredibly boring in the ninth entry. I blame all the animes. Just simple as that. What, did they take anime from the fucking 90s? No, from the fucking 80s? <laughs> with, with hair you could set your watch by. <laughs> anime. Anime, the only thing that I think I could actually muster the strength to do anymore, or watch. Oh, God. You know what I, I'm going to put out there as a nerd thing I discovered about myself recently? Um, I've been, like, there's this whole massive DCCW thing that's been going on. And uh, despite, like, yeah, what was it, uh, Constantine, as far as I could tell, was the only watchable thing out of all of that. And then I start watching Supergirl, and I don't know what it is. I hate Superman. I hate a lot of parts of DC. But there is something about this show I find watchable. Is it the girl? Oh, it's probably the girl. I know. It's, it's <laughs> not even that. It's just like there's something about this that doesn't annoy me. I was watching The Flash, and The Flash annoyed me. I mean, he did his best and everything, but I mean, it's like, oh no, I'm about to kiss the girl I like. Time to run back and change the past. I'm like, dude, if you're if you're that deep in the closet, you know, you don't need to run back and change time every time you're about to finally come to terms with things. <laughs> I don't know, Supergirl, weird. Oh, speaking of another thing, um, the new She-Ra, uh, cartoon. How is it? I kind of dig it. It's interesting. It it goes in a, it. It's that that fun thing that they're doing now, where they go and they take the vapid pointless things of the the 80s and 90s and whatevers and try to put actual story to it you know what that's admirable considering the lore that at least the whole masters of the universe um let's just say it's less than well they were trying to sell they, 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 i don't they know selling, they were selling toys it's the 80s they that's all they cared about i love how sell like, toys but even transformers had a more developed lore that also was made to sell toys. Yep. Anything in the 80s that had a cartoon associated <laughs> right, with well, it also had, a, had a fucking... An that, that took anime, like two two animes, chopped them up, repackaged them to sell toys in America. Sure. Like, uh, what's his name? Megatron was not supposed to be the bad guy. They just turned his eyes red. Yeah. No, it's from Diaclone. There you Diaclone go. Diaclone is a, is a Japanese thing. 
shockingly, a lot of the Diaclone stuff is very intriguing because, like, the like core, like the the concept of combiners was something that they had taken from Diaclone because, like, all of the ships would combine into these things, but it was more of like a Voltron esque combination where things just kind of stacked together into a robot. Yeah, we got. They didn't so have personalities; things. they just had robots that people wrote piloted. I mean, it's just like uh, what's the Robo- <laughs> Robotech was. Was it uh, Macross, Genesis, Clamor, Moss, Beta, some other stuff, like, chipped in there? I mean, uh, America got a lot of weird stuff in the 80s because, you know, it was kind of... You know, we didn't get the live-action Sailor Moon thing we almost got, so can't we just be grateful about that? Sure, but I'm really angry I didn't get Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah, you should be. I that was, looks I was, amazing. I was, I was very upset about that. I watched when I first... Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man! Dude, dude had a robot. Are dude, you going to hear me argue? It was like a weird thing. Uh, it's like a Peter Parker had his shit together. And yeah. I'm, fan with, I'm fine with that. Because well, he, ra- he was a motorcycle racer. It almost felt like it was like common. It, it was, was common writer it, it was, Spider-Man. Yeah, it was... Uh, oh, God, what's it called? Uh, what's that genre called? Sentai. Uh, Sentai. Yes. Which is... Super Sentai, Super yeah, Sentai. Yeah, because they, they did that... Common Rider, Super Sentai, and the 80 different iterations that they've had since the 70s for that. Alright, well, we, we can't talk Sentai until we get Jeff in on this. Yeah, we need Jeff for Because, like, that is our Sentai master. <laughs> Sentai Senpai. Ah! Oh, I want to oh. die now. Uh, I said it. I brought it into the world, and I'm not happy uh, about it. Stillborn. It's a stillborn. Ah, oh, kill it! I'm gonna give you negative levels. It's Ugh. just gonna come back with Rita Repulsa making it grow even larger than Funny ever before. Funny, after all these years! Ironically, the, uh, the actual Sentai version of her was just a... I think it was a, uh, a, a space a, a space uh, ruler trying to go to Earth to visit her... To visit the grave of her dead son or something. I'm like, but the levels for Sentai versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are so much more, so much more, more, more narrative than you think you can actually have in that. Like, if you were a 90s kid and you watched the actual with subtitles like Sentai, you'd be like, what the shit is this? Oh, it's You would say it like that. And, like, yeah. your parents wouldn't even be arguing with you because they'd just be baffled as much as you are. It's like, they'd be like, Timmy, what did you just say? What, the what did she just say? <laughs> Dude, did, did that? Did the White Ranger just try to like look up those girls' skirts? Yeah, yeah. I'm also confused. <laughs> There's a kid wandering around, half naked. I'm so terrified. What's going on now? It's like, well, he's actually a monster. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> Th- thank you for going and telling us that. Um, yeah, uh, I just love the fact that, that Haim Saban went over there and said, this stuff looks cool, I'ma just go take some of this, move it over here, and did crazy stuff. So That's getting... fine by me, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Localization is one of the most interesting aspects, something we talked about in the last podcast that we didn't really get into, because apparently Jason is so far, so, so out of, out of touch with the, with anime, and he managed to avoid What's an everything. Anime? Samurai Pizza Cats. Samurai Pizza Cats! <laughs> when localization's done correctly. It, it, um, oh, oh, or Crayon Shin-Chan. I love that show. Oh my show. god. They, they, it's like, when you're punch-up writers, like, which are the guys who actually put the jokes and stuff in there, when they earn their money, that's Crayon Shin-Chan. I love... 
Laura Bailey must have had so much fun being Shin Chan. Like, there was no way around There's, it. <laughs> there are some roles that you gotta imagine, like, that's hilarious. Hey, whatever's clever. However you get your jollies on that, that's fine by me. But I love when they do something, when they do better stuff, when when when, you're, when the original creators of Cowboy Bebop go and say, we, you, we made Spike Siegel, but you made Spike Siegel beautiful, or attractive, or, mm. or sensual. It's just like, yes, because the actual, the actual um, voice actors were perfect for their job. Faye, no, Wendy Lee is Faye Valentine. It was one of the reasons why I love the actress so right. much. She is such a versatile voice actress. And while her role as Faye Valentine is iconic to me, um, and this is probably going to be controversial for all those who love Cowboy Bebop, uh oh. It's not her best performance. Ooh, shocking. What would you say is In my opinion, it happens to be Zenji from the Dynasty Warriors franchise, but what do I know? Oh, you know a lot about Dynasty Warriors. We wouldn't have you if you didn't. Yeah, I mean seriously, I thought I was alone in Dynasty Warriors and you know vastly more than I do, and that's impressive. Well yeah. when you invest the way he does, it's how that's how that happens. I mean here here's the thing. Uh one Cowboy Bebop. Uh, if there weren't parts in that that moved you, you didn't have a you do not have a fucking soul, okay? Hmm. Yeah, look for it. Look for Gotta it. Gotta find uh, it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, man. If you hard luck woman, okay? If you didn't feel something's like, what is going on with this? You know, I mean, there's parts where I I can't I can't ruin it for anyone because um there's people who haven't seen it. How? They're, How this long in? There's no, no, you want to know children. what's even crazier? <laughs> they're called <laughs> children, Drew. You have ones. Yeah, you but I don't he, think I'm ever showing him that. He should. He, not now. Con yeah. Contrary to the logic, the common sense, there are people who actually hate the series, and I actually used to live there with them. There are people one. who hate the Beatles, too. I mean, you really gotta... You really gotta I laugh. know, I know. Like, the, the odds are there's you going are, to be. It's inevitable, but be... I'm still surprised. You're allowed to be wrong. It's just the thing. <laughs> I mean, there's not there's not many animes where I will say, do yourself a favor and enjoy uh, enjoy the, the dubbed thing. Cowboy Bebop is one of them. I've I've seen him both I've seen it both ways, and it is more impactful as dubbed. Um, I I understand that there are certain certain characters like Edward probably worked a little bit better in the sub in the sub version. Well, it also made him more androgynous, which was the point. Well, it also had a thing because like in one of the songs is actually sung by the voice actor actress for Edward. They actually played that version on the American. Like, they've actually had that as background music. Yep. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean... It was a wonderful touch. So we are we are going into... Uh, drifting into anime, and that's not a bad place to be, honestly. Oh, I'm fine with it. Um, desu, desu, as uh, they say. Yeah, I mean, there's good anime, and there's bad anime. There's good anime fans, and there's bad anime fans. And you know who you are, and fucking bathe! Especially it's only moderately awkward. I'm just saying is like I, the next the next convention I'm going to, I'm going to buy a bunch of like lacy handkerchiefs. I'm going to scent them with sandalwood or something, <laughs> and go around like a fop and charge people for them so that they can have something to hold over their nose to avoid the funk. I would just suggest that you just take like, you you create little mini like sachets. No, no, we're we're not gonna be we're not gonna be we're not gonna be elegant about what you're going to do. Because what you're going to do it could be considered some kind of war crime, but it's for the better good. 
you're going to go, and the individuals who you got the who, who got the funk, who, who got the funk, uh, oh. they got the funk. They, they you're do. going to hit them with a with a canister that uh, upon upon impact will detonate and cover the individual in delousing powder. See, the thing is, like, like as much as you I like, you will your cause idea, so much agony in that, that individual. That's called assault. And also probably genocide of a species that no one's discovered yet. <laughs> it's called assault, but the pepper will be so good. Got, okay, <clears throat> if you want something a little more subtle, I got it for you. I don't want. I mean, since you're point. in, <laughs> I know, I, you're going for direct. Hardly, We're gonna go Hardly with the just wants to here. get a fire extinguisher and, and go. It's like ah, oh, it's a stinky Naruto, and just like spray <laughs> spray some freaking twelve year old. But then I was like, it was like, well, it's like one. I was just gonna say, just go in as the merchant for from uh, Resident Evil Four, and every time you see a person, no, you you smell a person who's god awful. Got a good selection of things on sale for you, stranger. I should <laughs> go and buy just like a thing of Old Spice, and just start handing them out anytime I someone at one of those cons is is freaking smell offensive. The, uh, the the funniest thing that ever happened in in the old um, L five R CCG back in the days when it was about community and it was exciting was there was a Gen Con that actually occurred where Herbal Essences sponsored a best smelling person contest. <laughs> I wish I was joking. That no, I, I've been to Gen Con. There, the Gen Con is not as bad. As I'm the sorry, I convention. haven't. I've only been to like what. Three conventions in my right. life. Gen Con has a rare, uh, has a smell occasionally of wafting foot, and this is from people who are gamers who haven't slept during all of Gen Con. But it is not as bad as the anime conventions, which have the smell of someone who's going through puberty and has not been taught how to fucking bathe. And I blame the parents, but the parents have already screwed up by letting their kids become little Naruto's and Boruto's and. Waifus and Desu Desu pillow fuckers. <laughs> All right. This is the dark part of our conversation. Anybody I... who's already checked out, you should have checked out probably at the anime section when you brought <laughs> yeah. up anime. The this hilarious... is all going to go downhill. This is that. the hilarious part. You consider now to be the dark part where we've already talked about politics and all sorts of... Inoffensive to I what know. we're talking about. I know, now. but like, let it's me... funny how this let... becomes all right, let the dark Let me tell section. you about how I wish their parents had gotten abortions rather than raised them <laughs> the way they did. All right, so... You're just going to kill it right now. So, so as I'm saying... I'm a pro-laugher! You won't, be after, it, you, you won't it, be after he gets done telling It is a woman's body and a woman's choice, but I also have a... But if I have to fucking smell it, you know, it involves me too. <coughs> um, why on earth? Like, how do you can watch these things? And how do you you go and you give them the money to dress up like the Naruto's and the Boruto's and the green Naruto's and blonde Sasuke's and and they just and you just you you do you spend this money on them and they and they don't bathe and I know you're doing their laundry because they don't know how to fucking do laundry you know and and so so you gotta you gotta have this there's this point where I imagine some mother is going and getting this orange jumpsuit. And it has to be like she's picking up in the Ark of the Covenants, just wafting off this fucking thing, killing the rest of her Nazi spawn children. <laughs> and it's and it's like, how does she not go? It's like maybe I ought to have a talk, a talk with little Timmy or little or, or little Jane that they need to fucking scrub their crotch occasionally, you know, with some sort of disinfectant because god, god damn, you could, 
I, you could smell it. The, the colors are coming off of the jumpsuit. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like they're, they're part of Village of the Hidden Stench or something. Jesus Christ. It makes me wonder, like, you come, you see a child coming in with a yellow, uh, a yellow battle game. Like, man, I don't see anybody play freaking, um, uh, what the hell's his name? I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you've kind of lost me at this point. You, okay, you what, 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 was the name of, what was the name of Ken Master's student from Street Fighter? The one who wore the yellow gi. He was in Street Fighter 3. Uh, Johnny Basketball. Sean! There we go. He's wow, like, wow, wow, that's an incredible Sean costume. It's supposed to be Ryu. God damn it, son! Take a shower! <laughs> but I mean, it, it's the truth. And it's like, alright, I understand there's a lot of preteen... And teenage kids, and they're going through puberty, and puberty is an ugly, smelly, terrible time. But, but that's the critical I, moments they, when you need to learn more they, than they ever. They need to learn how to do it. It's when you hit the tw the 25ers and the 30ers who's doing the same goddamn thing. Oh, uh, well, see, there's a different... Those individuals deserve to get fucking All right, there's a different in. smell. That is the smell of someone who is literally rotting. Okay, that is a funk on a on a walking corpse. The problem with this that is, is a mold colony that has already spread beyond anything we can do about. It. Look, it's son, no matter how hard you fight, you will never get into the cast of The Walking Dead All right. this way. There are <laughs> mushrooms growing on this person. They are hiding it with clothing. It's but but that's the thing. Do. Those people you know to stay away from, and they move too slow to come near you. All right, but when it's like this, twelve or thirteen year old little fucking Naruto gender. Kid, I don't know what they are. I'm not going to assume the gender of someone. Everyone's fucking smelly at some point. Alright? Smell is universal. Smell is universal, and bad smell is fucking, you know, trans-dimensional at this point. <laughs> Alright? Like, when I have... I, I, I have a very sensitive nose. And, and when, like, I'm walking around... Da, 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 and, and I just fucking curl up on the ground, dry-heaving... Because your parents l dropped you off at this convention center to be watched by no one I can see, and you haven't bathed the entire time you were there. It's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Teach your, get, get, clean your fucking kids, people. Clean your room, America. But don't forget your kids. Yeah, clean clean the clean your fucking kids. Teach your kids to fucking clean. A shower will not hurt them. When it is the old nerds who have already been abandoned <laughs> by their parents because they're skeletons upstairs, because they've been like trapped under the weight of debt and horror that their their star spawn of a child has brought unto them. Okay, when they've already hollowed them out and are wearing them like some sort of weird trash troll from Labyrinth. All right, that there's nothing we can do about that. We hit that with the lousing powder; it's just gonna waft right back onto us. <laughs> and if there's any kind and loving God, eat our eyes, eat our <laughs> eyes and our nose. There's nothing we can do. But you can see them. You can see the funk. You can see the gnats dying midair around us. All right, that's not a problem. That's something we we can avoid. All right, and when it sits down and it breathes, it's it opens its mouth and the three or four yellow, brown, black teeth it has just crawl out of its mouth like spiders and click at you. That's something, there's nothing to be done about that. Holy shit. But, like, when you're a 13-year-old kid who's dressed up like Sasuke goes and smells like him shit himself, you failed as a parent. Holy hell. 
The fucked up part is, is anybody listening to this who has even, like, two or three Gen, Con, Gen Cons under their belt, or a fucking anime convention, not, can taste it while you're you talking. You know what I'm talking about! I hate that so it's much. A, it's a foul, bloody taste that can only be rendered and... And there's people, like, out there who aren't listening to this, or who are now listening to it out of just rap suspension of disbelief. I'm not exaggerating. If anything, I'm just painting it with an accurate brush. Alright? There are Crypt Keeper-like monsters just roaming around. Which you... Oh, oh, another thing. The next time you drop your kid off at one of these fucking conventions, you go in there with them. Because there are monsters at these places. Yep. Fucking monsters. And only at, and only at the very minimum one of them is trying to go for a zombie roll. Everybody oh, yeah. else just smells like it for no fucking Yeah, some reason. people think it's walk, Walker Stalker Con, and it's, you know, anime. But also, another thing is, like, especially, and I'll say it's like ASEN. I don't care. This is what I'm talking about. Because I've been there. I've had to fucking work there. And I've seen kids running around without supervision. All right? If you have a kid and he's doing the animes and stuff, and you're not supervising them, your kid is, one, running into porn that involves tentacles and children... And God knows what else the dredged nightmares of Japan can come up with. We shouldn't have nuked them twice. We shouldn't have done that. And we're paying with it in the pornography. That's what your kid is watching. This became a weird PSA. Are you sh- <laughs> I'm kind of I, I kind of don't know where to go from here. You, you know, just... good healthy gay don't porn. Don't... There's nothing wrong with good healthy gay porn. All right, but this yaoi stuff is just wrong. All I was gonna say was go back if you're gonna bring if you're gonna bring World War Two into this, don't bomb nations, cunt kids. Don't bomb kids, nations. Kids don't let kids use nuclear warfare. <laughs> Friend, friends don't let that's right. Friends don't let friends nuke other countries. Stop nuclear proliferation. There's no fucking reason for it. I can't even imagine the the the, the nightmares you 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 parents do not are trust that children. missiles for kids foundation. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's a difference between a gamer convention. Because you could go to a gamer convention with your kid and stuff and expect them not to run into seeing some sort of horrifying, mind-bending, impossibility sex porn. Okay? I don't think they'd be very proud to show it anyway, but, yeah. you know, anime conventions, well, there's anime no shame. Shame no, does not shame, exist. Shame goes out the window with hygiene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so, so don't leave your kids out to these things. Watch your kids. Watch what your kids are watching. Be a goddamn parent and teach them how to fucking bathe. Good night, America. And bye, Keyforge. Why are your kids not, um... Your... Yeah, never mind. So with that, we close on this lovely experience that devolved into... I'm gargling with rage! Into him gargling with rage. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. At least he's living up to the angry war gamer. <laughs> well, without Jason here, we don't have our actual apex of rage, so I appreciate that he's taking up the mantle to at least instill a little bit in there. That being said, um, <clears throat> with this particular podcast and going forward, um, from what I have talked about with our uh, editor, it sounds like he wants to start putting it on Podbean. Now, that being said, I'm still working with him to try and make sure that we still have this on YouTube so that we have the coverage. You know, the more the more areas you cover, the better. And it was something we need to talk with him about more specifically. Um, that being said, 
It will eventually be available on Podbean. Um, as we start to develop things going forward, we will likely be uh, putting out uh, putting out at least a Twitter account that will actually start shouting our podcasts out, putting links, etc. For the moment, I believe there actually is an Angry War Gamer uh, Twitter account. I don't know if it's at, at the Angry War Gamer. If it is, you just, you just go search for it. I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> Um, as far as individual Twitters are concerned, I'm not going to give mine out just yet until we get more solidified here and we have a better base going forward. I don't know if anybody else wants to at this point. That's up to them. Otherwise, we're I'm going to leave it at that, and this is where we end this lovely insanity. So, everyone got a sign-off thing they need to say? I do not, and I don't even own a Twitter. So okay. you're better for it, I promise. All right. Well, I'd just like to quote my uh, my only my hero. Uh, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> <laughs>